Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to the Car Chat Podcast. On this episode, I have Mr. Seb Delaney coming along. He is a YouTuber and he now does French daily vlogs. So we have a bit of a chat. I've known Seb for a while about his sort of growing up in the YouTube world and making videos and stuff like that. And then also now moving on to what he does now, which is he still does a lot of YouTube, but he has some other business interests and trying to balance all of those things to get a sort of better balance of life, really, rather than just being dependent on YouTube all the time. But it was good to see Seb. I have a great time whenever I see him and I uh, hope you enjoy it. So welcome, Seb, to the Car, po- car, 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 car Chat Podcast. It helps if you know the, the name yourself. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's just the podcast. And then yeah. if, if I just call it the podcast, I can change the name whenever I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes it easy. That makes it pretty easy. So at the moment we are, we are recording. I'm we're, here. we're live. It's a very serious. You guys can't really see what I'm seeing, but it's a very serious. Setup. Well, you will be able. To, uh, well, yeah. Well, like what I'm looking at from the camera's perspective. That's true. I mean, you can see what I'm seeing in terms of this. <laughs> you can see me right over here, here. Yeah. or a nice close up from this camera. Yeah, yeah. There's true. basically what we've got now is we're in my in my lounge, and um, there's like a whole bunch of GoPros with cables plugged into them, so they hopefully don't burn out a battery. Oh god, yeah, I've just seen, yeah, you've got all the, what god, yeah, you're very set up. Because, like, a GoPro runs for about an hour and a half, something like that. Something like that. An hour and a half, two hours And you've got enough memory in them. They've got enough memory, and, uh, but I've had it before where one of them just cuts out ten minutes before the end, which is unbelievably annoying. Yeah. Um, but I've also got my phone recording backup audio. Oh, you've got, wow. And all of these boxes, I mean, I haven't the faintest clue of what any of these are doing. 
Oh, so I'll give you a little explanation. This is completely unrelated for everyone. Yeah, but like, welcome to the... Welcome. This is, if you guys want to set up your own podcast, this could actually be interesting. Yeah, so we've got my laptop over here. You might be able to just see the corner of it from one of the GoPros. In front of my laptop, there's the cables which plug into the mics. It goes into a, like basically a little box that translates that signal to your yeah. laptop. Yeah. So you do... I used to have all the mics coming in from different cables. So they yeah. were USB mics or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they don't sync very well. And it's difficult to get the levels and stuff like that. So now it's just that. And then there's a little box in front of Seb, which is what our headphones are plugged into. I see. And it's basically I just see. like a little amplifier, like a big splitter. That, that allows us to hear our, ourselves. Yeah. It would be really good if you were on a plane or something and you want to share, listen to the same stuff. Is that that, would be that sort of thing would be great. And these, these headphones are amazing. We were just talking about how di- I feel like my voice sounds very different in these headphones to how it sounds like <laughs> when I'm speaking. <laughs> I was saying, well, yeah, when you're normally recording a video, you've got an on-camera mic or something yeah. like that. And it doesn't, it's not doesn't pick up the real, like the full spectrum of your voice because of the background noise and whatever. Yeah, this is, this is legit. <laughs> have a sip of my tea. So anyway, we're here with Seb Delaney, who is a, Hello. What, what would you say you are? YouTuber? Yeah. YouTuber. YouTuber and um, yeah, just Seb, French guy. Seb, <laughs> that's French how I guy. Myself. <laughs> I'm a French guy YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, we first met a long, a long time, long ago. time I, I, ago. I was trying to think how old you must have been when we first met, and I reckon you were probably 16. I think I was younger. You might have been younger. I think I maybe seems, told you. It sounds I was weird now. Oh yeah. To, to pretend like so you I can was get old. in my car. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I honestly think I started YouTube videos when I was thirteen, and it was not long after that that I met you. Wow. Tim and everyone, and so I think I was probably fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure I had a driving license then. I don't think. In, I might not. I, have. Tim did. T- Tim, Tim did. definitely did, yeah. but I. But you didn't. I didn't get a license till I was twenty-two. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, super late. That's that's how old I am now. I'm 22. <laughs> there you go. Times change. I know they do, right? Yeah, but I was young. I was I yeah, I was a little baby back then. Um, but we met. Where was the first place we met in Monaco? It would have been in Monaco. Basically, top marks. Top marks. Way back then, yeah. we used to go down a bunch of mm-hmm. people like Tim, myself, yeah. a bunch of other people yeah. to sort of go and hang out and look at crazy cars. Yeah. Tim was making videos at the time. I don't yeah, know, the where, Aston. Or before no, that, it was way before that. Maybe he had the, He definitely took that. Yeah. I wonder if there was anything before then. I think I it know. was the S5. You didn't have a... Yeah, because I remember I already knew you. We'd already met a few times when you got your Boxster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, don't, I think when we first met, maybe I just started driving or... Yeah. That sort of... I, was I had my Audi. already at that time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we just sort of used to hang out on street corners watching Back in the day, Zondas yeah. drive past. Which, to be fair, we still kind of, well, I still do sometimes. I yeah. don't know if you still hang out on street corners to watch cars go by, but... I do sometimes in London. Yeah. Just sit and have a coffee and watch the world go past. It's the, the best thing about being a car guy is if anyone's late to a meeting, if you're in central London, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I'll just, yeah, just, I'll go just for hang wonder. out and go car spotting. So someone's like, yeah, I'm half an hour late. I'm like, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, gonna find an Aventador. I'll be yeah. right back. He's like, oh, just wait three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I remember early in the days, probably early when we knew each other. Um, one of the guys, it was uh, Marketino, I think. Yeah. I think, or um, Alex Smolik. Smolik. Yes, he was. Oh, <laughs> just came out. Of this nowhere. is who I was thinking of. It's, yeah. it's a. He's a French YouTuber. Yeah. 
called Alex Smolik. Yeah, really, really, really nice guy. Re- like the nicest guy yeah. Yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, but he was really good at picking up car noises. noises. His knowledge is absurd. So he does this thing. In French YouTube world, it's big, where he does recaps of what's going on in the car world. I think it's once a week or, or something like that. And I genuinely, that's where I learn everything about what's happening in the car world. Because <laughs> he comes out with info. I'm like, how do you know this, Alex? It's as if he's literally an employee for every car company and gets the scoop. First. Gets all the juicy info, info. Yeah. That's really good. He, because um, he had an English channel just filming mm-hmm. cars, like normal yeah. YouTuber type stuff. And then was he the, was he the first one really to sort of do a French one or? No, not, he started a was year and a half ago. Oh, um, right. So he had the English one. I'm going to put my T down. Uh, he had the English one and then that started doing less well because English YouTube got super saturated basically. Yeah. There were so many people. Everyone moved to London. Everyone moved to, to film to, daily yeah, vlogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, everyone moved to London. There were so many people doing English YouTube. And so everyone's views as a whole started to, to go down. And I think we both experienced it. Yeah. Um, and so then he started doing French YouTube a year and a half later. Basically, my entire career is built on following Alex Smith's moves. <laughs> <laughs> he started English YouTube. I started English YouTube. He did French. I did French. Um, but But no, I mean, his French stuff is doing really, really well now. He's on like... 20 15 20k subscribers in a year which is pretty strong yeah so yeah he's doing well well yeah check him out if you're french and listening or you probably yeah. already know who he is yeah exactly is it, is it, it's just a really nice guy he's like one of the grand like i always say tim paul marketino alex smolik are like the grandfathers of car youtube spotting for sure that makes sense i think so and you're you're pretty far up there as well because you've been around i've just been around for a long time yeah. just yeah, haven't yeah, gained yeah. any followers <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. can we swear on this podcast by the way y- you can okay but not like i mean yeah constantly. just don't unload for any particular like just for no reason yeah, yeah. but if you you feel really expressive about something you can i can I you can, can go for it you can go you can really get really late I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for the right moment and <laughs> whack one in so you started what like what made you start filming was it like just seeing Tim? It was, no, no, no. It was by accident. I started filming because I had a lot of friends and like my cousins really liked cars in, and they lived in England and I lived in the south of France and I had a really good friend. My my best childhood friend is actually called Seb as well and looks really like, everyone thinks we're identical twins. But so he um, really liked cars, moved to England and uh, other friends. So I decided to put videos up online so they could see the cars that I was seeing, right? To share mm. it with them. Because back in the day, you didn't really have like WeTransfer to send them stuff and things like that. And I also ran out of memory on my iPod Touch that I was filming at the time. Classic. So I was like, I'll just store it on YouTube. <laughs> so started doing that. Um, then I saw Tim, who was the first to really start vlogging, who turned the camera around. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll have a go at that. Did that. And then, um, yeah. I mean, and then I, edit, I helped Tim with his videos for a while. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. So I was like... Uh, yeah, helping Tim film a lot of his videos and even did some of the editing, not much, but for a little while. Did you learn a lot in that? I learned tons. Like Tim, Tim I, I has taught me so much in terms of making videos, but also, you know, how to be on camera and, and all of these things. He has taught me a lot. Um, and I think the whole, the whole group of you guys, you know, again, the Paul, Alex, you, Tim, everyone, because I was so young, I, I, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I kind of shaped everything I was doing around what you guys are up to so that's so that's kind of cool yeah it's quite funny we also just go and like once a year go to monaco for top marks 
and hang out. And this little fourteen-year-old kid would like come and hang out. Yeah, and yeah. it was like the most tame of things. Yeah, uh, everyone yeah. would just sit in an apartment, and people would be like editing photos, editing videos, yeah, chatting. Yeah, it was, it was good. Wasn't it wasn't really, really drinking. Good, it was pretty chilled. Yeah, it was chilled. It was, which was perfect for me because I wouldn't have been able to join. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah if you exactly. guys were going out, I'd have been like, oh, damn. I'm yeah, we 12. could have ditched you pretty easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just no, walk into guys, when a I bar. think back on it now, I'm like, you guys were so cool to allow to allow to, to like <laughs> to allow me to be with still you. allow you to come yeah. along. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I was 14 at the time. You guys were you know quite a bit older, so it was it was really chill of you guys. Um, so thanks. Now, oh, oh yeah, like nine to years all those later people. or whatever. Yeah, it is mm. funny how. Everyone that was there, yeah, is still like Didn't massively think. in it, or yeah, yeah pretty much. Or I, mean, it. I think it surprised all of us how much it ended up not blowing up. But you know, if if someone would have said that each video there was potential for it to get over hundred thousand views or something, now it's nuts. Because back then, I remember if someone got a hundred thousand views, we were like, oh my god, yeah, that had been on the front page of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Everywhere. Times or something. Yeah, you, if you got over 100,000 views back then, you were like Kanye West or something. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. basically exactly. made it. Um, so it's absurd. Like we've had to recalibrate our notion of what's normal or not. We were talking about it earlier when I just arrived here. Like, you know, when people say, oh, a video got 2,000 views or 1,000 views or, you know, and are like, yeah, it didn't perform that well. When you think about 2,000 people or back in the day when we got 2,000 views, that was huge. I, I think I made videos... For three years, maybe four years before I had a video of a thousand views. Really? Yeah. So, which everyone, you know, they say, oh yeah, it just sort of blew up like well, that. I got complete, like, but like I got skewed because mm-hmm. I think my first ever video on YouTube, not, not quite my first ever video, but the first car related one was like, a, I just got my RS3 and did a video with yeah. the RS3 and the car had just come out. So it was popular. I, I've seen, I watched this. And... Video. That video got like 60,000 views. And I was like, this is my first video. I, oh. I've made it. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, brilliant. And then I did the second video and it got like 500. You're like, oh. Yeah. Damn. So, well, the thing is also all the algorithms have changed, right? So now it's, Massively, it so. used to be so content related. If you had good content, people enjoyed the content, you would, you would sort of go up. Now it's just title thumbnail, which is annoying because it's, it means that, you know, if you are actually living off this or you, you need the money from it or whatever, you need to have a clickable title and thumbnail, but there's a very fine line between it being, you know, okay, it's clickable, but it's fair. Yeah. And clickbait. Absolute rubbish. And that's, yeah. that's what's tricky to find. And you can piss a lot of people off. Oh yeah. I think if, if I had to say the number one reason for, I hate is a strong word, but yeah. disliking certain YouTubers, it's clickbait. complete clickbait titles. Yeah. And my main reason for that is if, if your title is, I don't know, like, I drifted 15 Chirons into a tree and they set on fire and Ferrari HQ exploded or with something. With cash. Yeah, with cash. You put with cash in there <laughs> as well. And, and that video title's out there and everyone's yeah. like, this is rubbish. Yeah. If someone just so happens to drift 15 Chirons into a tree and explodes with cash and they actually are holding cash and all this sort of stuff, no, their one, vid- believes no one believes it and, you know, and that video becomes null and void. So obviously that's a bit of an overblown example, but you could say drifting a blah, blah, yeah. blah, and someone will have a video that's drifting and it's just parked in a car park. Well, that's like, I went to Silverstone last week um, and or this weekend and we went out in a performante around Silverstone and I was like, just call, you know, when we were thinking about titles, I was like, just call it Performante around Silverstone. Yeah. 
then we were like, well, that that's never going to do well. And I was like, since when does taking a Lamborghini around Silverstone, since when is that not interesting? Yeah. You know, so we ended up having to be called, you know, we did 300 kilometers an hour in a Lamborghini, which, t- uh, which was yeah. true, though. We did actually do 300. So that worked. It's tricky, isn't it? And then I think is there's that balance between getting something that's immediately clickable mm. versus something that's searchable later and mm. later down the line. Yeah, there's subscriber clickable and then there's reaching out to non-subscribers as well. So you can have a video which will be, you know, about you personally, which will really appeal to all yeah, your subscribers. No one, and no one else cares. Um, so then you need to also, what a lot of people do, I, I've never really, I don't know if you've done this. Uh, I know a few people in the industry who do. They'll put a title, which is subscriber friendly for the first day, change it. And then it becomes, which I guess is smart, but I don't know if it works or not. I haven't, I haven't done that, but I, it's definitely probably a mm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And so, people are, that's what's changed also. People are running these channels as a business now. 100%. Whereas before we were just all having a good time. Yeah. And I mean, not to say that one's better or worse. It's just, it's changed. Yeah. And if you, I always remember Tim from like way back, mm. he'd be like, he'd be like, YouTube have changed the algorithm. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah. I've been looking at the data. Like, first of all, what are you talking about now? Yeah. And he'd be like for two hours a day. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. looking at all the data, running stats and doing stuff. Well, that's a success though. And that, yeah, and then that's his thing. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. So now I just skip all that. Yeah. And if I'm around Tim, be like, so what's the latest crack? <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, when you're friends with Tim, it makes everything easier because you literally just, like, oh, my views went down yesterday. Pick up the phone, call him be like, what do I have to do? Okay, cool. And then <laughs> he's like, make better content. Oh. Yeah, I know. And you're like, damn it, Tim. <laughs> but the thing, he is such like, Everyone knows it. Everyone talks about it, about how hard he works. Um, but it's it's unreal. Is it still recording? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're good to go. Um, it's Because he does study the algorithms. Not only that, he's making, I don't know how many videos every day, pretty much. Um, and good videos with incredible cars. He's traveling around the world. I'm going on a bit of a Tim Wren right now, but it's insane. It's like when From someone who does it, from both of us, when you look at what he's doing from the outside world, maybe it doesn't look like that much. But when, when we know the work that goes into it, I just, I don't know how he does it. So at the moment you've, um, you transitioned to doing daily French vlogs. Yeah. Have you sort of axed the English channel? No. So I didn't really know what to do. So the English channel, so one, the views went down. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't really care. The views have been going down for two years and I was like, look, you know, it sucks that the views are going down, not going to lie, but also, so I've been working on other projects alongside, so I was less dependent on it. Um, and I ended up making videos that I wasn't enjoying making as much. Mm. And when I sort of got this new opportunity to try again with the French world and sort of start from scratch and not have to constantly being fighting, let's say rumors or things that had mm. been said um, like I kind of had to do on the English channel. I could start from scratch on the French and I love that. So I've been making a ton of videos on there, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, right, how am I going to come back to make English videos? Not caring about the views at all, yeah. just what I want to make and how I want to make it. So, you know, I'm going to do an update video, I think this weekend. Um, and I think the aim, there's two ways I'm going to go. One is either doing really cool recap videos of like every week, so we do daily vlogs on the French one yeah. and every week a recap on the English okay, one. Okay. Yeah. 
um, just because I think we can then make it really, really cool. So, you know, if you just take 10 minutes of the best footage of seven daily vlogs. Like the John Olsen, what yeah, he's doing yeah, now. Yeah, 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 something like that. You can make it really cool, narrated, and I kind of want to make everyone like a mini documentary type thing. Just because from a from like a creator's perspective, I think that'd be really fun and I'd enjoy doing it. Or doing once a week or once every two weeks project videos, which are English channel only, yeah. but things like... um how to set up a car show in 24 hours or like, yeah. you know, proper, you know, project videos. Those are the two ways I want to go, you know, whether they get views or not, you know, mm. we'll see, but it's more just, I think I would enjoy doing that a lot. Yeah. I think cause like, let's say you're saying your English channels declined or sort of yeah, declined yeah. over. I remember sort of thinking, well, I, mean, I also just felt like you weren't enjoying it yeah. and you were just making videos for the sake of making, making videos, videos yeah. which, you know, like, if you have said you're going to make videos once yeah, a month yeah. or once a week or once a day, yeah, you exactly. sort of have to do it. But then after a certain amount of time, it seemed like you'd hit a it's real like, burnout point. I had, I had. And then it's like, one, you've committed to videos, but I, I had done that sort of a year ago, whatever. I'd committed to making a certain amount of videos, but then, then I wasn't. I was making them really just once in a while, but it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pressure that goes behind it because it was, it was the thing that I started off doing. Now I've got these other projects, but they came later. Um, you know, I've got a family, friends and brands who are constantly like make videos. Right. So it was, it was myself putting pressure to just put out these videos, but also a lot of pressure coming from around. Yeah. So that's why I just ended up filming videos kind of just to be like, okay, everyone chill out. Here's a video, have it. But I didn't really, you know, now I go back and I watch them. I'm like, why did I put those out? Cause they're not really the the standard that I want to put yeah. out there. Um, but they're there now. And, and that's what I really want to change because now you know, no one can say I'm not putting out videos, right? Because I'm doing one of yeah. on the French channel. Um, and I just really want the English channel to be a no pressure. You know, if I, if I want to swear, if I want to film, this, like I don't really care about it being brandable or anything. I just want to yeah. make stuff that I really enjoy. And, and if people enjoy it too, great. If they don't, then so be it. And that's kind of the way I'm going with it now. Because, um, you know, there's a decent following on there. Nothing huge at the end of the day in the industry we're in. It's nothing massive. But that, you know, I just want to make really enjoyable content, which challenges me as well, because that's where it started. Like YouTube was always a challenge, making these videos, finding the content. It was always your challenge. And then it kind of became such a routine and almost easy to get the content. Yeah. I want to go back and make it challenging as well. And I think people will see that. They're quite discerning, the audience. So they'll know. People know when you're actually mm. having fun and actually enjoying yeah. yourself. If you're churning or enjoying, yeah. Yeah. And obviously there's, there is a fine balance between yeah you know, you've said that you're going to do a video a day so you've got to think of something yeah a day yeah how, yeah. how, how is that going because that to me sounds well i know you now have a filmer yeah so you. i got a Does guy that, called that help. he films he edits that helps um but then it's mainly the fact that the people are interested in not just the cars on the french channel so right. i can film you know going to film a podcast with yeah. sam and people like that too so that helps a lot because if it's just cars then you get into this weird spiral of, you know, constantly looking for cars, constantly trying to get content. Um, and that's not healthy. Whereas if you just make it like, look, I'm going to make a video a day. It could be about, you know, yesterday I did one about searching for houses. Yeah. Um, and more just about your personal your life. life. Um, and whether it's also, you know, so I've been starting up these different businesses and I bring people along. I say, these are the steps of the businesses, yeah. you know, if we're looking for investment, we're doing that. So every day I don't, plan my day around the content I'm making. I plan the content around the day I'm having. Yeah. And I think that makes a big difference. 
Yeah, that's a huge difference, being able to separate from just car. Like, just car content is interesting if you're doing something really crazy interesting. Yeah. But a lot of the time, it's not that interesting or doesn't necessarily seem interesting. Like, I've, I don't find much stuff interesting yeah. anymore. That sounds Always like I don't done. enjoy car stuff. But, I, you know, if someone says, oh, there is a Chiron, like, yeah. cool, I've seen like 10. Yeah. I know what you mean. So I know what you mean. That's not I can't be excited about that. Yeah. But if as soon as if I'm watching content from other creators, I am much more interested in someone's like personality and how they interpret whatever it is. And you basically I'm change. following the person. I'm not really following the content. Yeah. Well, that's the change that I think we've had over the last few years. Where before it was all about the content most of the content we were making had never been done before. Mm. But now, you know, new RS6 goes out, you're going to make the same videos you made with the last exactly. RS6. Everything's been done. So if if you are like just yourself and you don't worry too much about the content, in the end of the day, it's actually better, I think, for, yeah. for your audience retention or whatever. And I know exactly what you mean. And and before, people just watch your videos for the car yeah. or what it was, whereas now people get addicted more to your personality. Um, you've got to sneak them in. You've got to get them yeah, to watch yeah, a few yeah. videos before they go like, before I like this really person or I hate yeah. them. And then the thing is, I think it's so easy to see when someone's being not themselves. Yeah. Um, it's so easy. So I think people can really tell. So if you're trying to be, you know, this, you know, that there's a lot of people who like try and be supercar collectors or whatever, whereas yeah. there's different stories behind or try and be a journalist reviewer, whereas that's not your background, whatever. Um, it's very easy to spot. Like I got a bunch of followers when I was younger, but then I grew up, right? I changed mm. quite a bit, but I kept the same personality online as I did when I was 18, but I was 21. So I had evolved so much, but I knew that what was getting views was how I was when I was 18. So what was the split? Like, it was how just you describe more the like, change uh, between you 18 and you now? Yeah, just more like, uh, just far more mature. I think like, I was such, yeah, I, I was an idiot back then. Not but, hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not hard to achieve. No, but, um, but yeah, it was being more mature, being less, you know, sort of too over the top about everything, like super excited. Um, the titles were a bit harsh sometimes, like things like that. Um, and what interests me has changed. And I think people could tell that what used to interest me in terms of, you know, maybe either, either the spotting or like this car is nuts, yeah. whatever interested me tons back then still does now but less so and i was almost acting how much that interested me now whereas now i'm more interested in right what are the right investments how can i grow as a person how can i grow these businesses around the car world to then you know be able to benefit personally but benefit you know for people around me and things like that it's just everything's kind of changed um and and that's what i've said on the french channel i came on and i said guys like Sometimes I'm going to be in a really good mood. Sometimes I'm going to be in a bad mood, but I'm just going to be completely blunt and honest with you guys half the time. And if you enjoy it, fantastic. And I think also my positioning's changed where I used to only do YouTube. So I was like completely relying on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like that was how I traveled. How big I, highs, big lows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so hard because it's up, down, up, down. Um, and, you know, I was 18. All my mates were at uni. I had no one really to talk to about what I was doing, yeah. right? Um, and we were earning not crazy amounts, but like more than I'd ever, you know, been exposed to before. So I had no clue what to do with it. Um, so that was a bit of an unhealthy situation as well. Cause I was living alone as well, you know, living yeah. alone, making enough to be able to do whatever you want to do. 
um, and being self-employed, but 18 and having no one to talk to. It was yeah. just a slippery slope to go down. So, so I think now I've learned and I've got a much more solid position to go into. And that's why I'm just being completely honest with it all. Yeah, I think there is this definitely this massive pressure on YouTube to be this crazily happy, yeah, like buzzing yeah. person, which works. Like it, that does work. That's the thing; it works. Um, and when you're relying on it financially, you have to be that person yeah. all the time, because or else you're not going to make your rent, or you're not going to, you know. So it's tricky. Whereas if you, you know, build things aside and you're literally just making YouTube for fun so much easier to be yourself because you're like whatever if this doesn't get views you know i'm not in it for the financials yeah and it's not going to be at the end of the day if it's not that interesting just don't film it yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's the thing like now you can actually have the luxury of binning videos is actually yeah. an incredible luxury to have like go film a video and be like yeah this isn't this isn't quite this that. isn't working just can it and just enjoy yeah. whatever you're doing yeah exactly that's the best i mean i think i've maybe canned in the last six months like <sighs> 25% of the videos I've made for the English mm. channel. Um, because now I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like I can do that. So, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a nice a place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, maybe they would have gotten views, but and they, they just weren't worth putting up, I think. Yeah. And you, I think you, at some point in time, you, you've learned that you actually have to sort of look after yourself a bit. Yeah. Versus yeah. just, you know, living for your audience. Yeah. Your mental stability, even just your, your like health, as a whole, because, you know, if you're making a video a day or, or you know, whatever, two every two days, it's so much, it's so intense that, you you know, you forget to eat, you forget to spend time with your mates, with your family, like all this stuff. And look, there's a lot of jobs like that. If you work in, in banking, right, like you'll be working from eight till yeah. two. So it's not, you know, it's not new that this is the way it is, but there's definitely a hidden, hidden facade of YouTube and being a YouTuber that I don't think people necessarily really see. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot more about it now. Now that people are talking about mental health and stuff like mm. that, that it's it is it's a great position to be in. Yeah, but if you are like you're saying, if you're solely dependent, and a lot of people who do it are solely dependent yeah, yeah, on their yeah. YouTube, YouTube is punishing in terms of the good and the bad in terms of when they pay you, and it's, it's not extremes. necessarily ba the problem is it's not based on whether you've done good stuff. So you might. You might make a rubbish video, but it just so happens to click with the algorithm and that makes you loads of money. Yeah. Whereas you might spend five weeks making a video that you just like put your heart and soul into. And it doesn't. And happen. it just tanks. Team Galag, like, the, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the amount of effort we put into those videos. And I mean, they, again, they do well. They've got three, you know, I think the most views, the Desert Tour episode one is on like 9K, something yeah. like that. But I mean, that took so long to edit and film. But yeah, it's an, but I see exactly what you mean in terms of, YouTube's got very big sort of ups and very, you know, big, it's so fluctuant that it's hard to rely on. And also people are young most of the time when they do it in the car world, I think less so than in, you know, gaming or any yeah. stuff like that. Most of the people are fairly mature. Um, you kind of have to have a driving license. Yeah. You kind of have to have a driving. <laughs> exactly. So it makes, and have experience driving these cars. Yeah. Um, but but so, yeah, it, it's just hard to swallow when you don't know what's coming. And then, you, you know, you can, if you get like three brand deals in one month or whatever, uh, whatever you can be like, whoa, you know, fantastic. Yeah. And then the next month, nothing. Mm. No, none of your videos get views, no brand deals. And it's just, it's so unpredictable and it's tricky. How have you found managing that sort, that side of it um, mm. going forward in terms of that aspect? So you've, 
you know, you've got some, do you have some companies that you regularly work with now yeah. and you try and plan stuff over like a longer period of time or do you still, a marketing company reached out and this is the gig, yeah. do you want to do it? Yes, no? Uh, both, both. So yeah. we've got some brands that uh, we'll work with regularly um, and you you can kind of, you know, you can count on, on that coming in. Um, but then there's a lot that just pop out of nowhere and it's literally like, do you want to do this next week? And usually those ones have big budgets. Why is it always next week? Why is it not yeah, three months time? Three, three months. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's, this is the thing. Like, and then sometimes you've planned something and you get this huge offer that comes in and you're like, I can't do that because I planned. But the way I've developed, um, developed sort of my life and the, and, and financials is now, so I've got separate projects and I know every month stuff is coming in. So, you know, I've, I've done it so that my rent can be funded by anything that's not YouTube and anything that's YouTube, I either reinvest into those businesses or, uh, put in savings for, you know, yeah. a car or a house. So or I was, I've, I mean, I've got some more of yeah. the other sort of questions, but since you brought it up and I've had, I did a little thing on my Instagram mm. saying, have we got any questions for Seb? Mm. Um, I'll, let me just, I'll, I'll read out one of them. Uh, from at the Caraba. Oh boy. He just said, desperate times. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we both know him. Hey, Talal. Yeah. Hi, Talal. Um, desperate times. No, that was just because I got you on the podcast and he was oh, delaying. Uh, Talal was, yeah, I mean, he's Seb's co-driver. Oh God. Yeah. God, what a, what a horrific human he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, Talal, Talal is, is like, um, my parents genuinely say Talal's like your second father. Whenever we go on these trips, he's amazing. Like kind of soul, incredible guy, incredible car knowledge. Um, but we've kind of developed this persona where we both hate each other, right? They're all the Yeah, so if you watch any of the Team Gallag videos, yeah. um, there's a lot of like hatred going between Talal, but joking. Well, we got stuck into a car. Um, you know, we were basically just, Talal said, you know, I've got no one in my car. Anyone want to do it? He'd run out of yeah, friends. Fine. He'd run out of friends. So that, you know, that's what happens when you run out of friends is you call, you call me. So, <laughs> so I was like, yep, take, take up my role. And then we spent a week in the car and we probably spoke for a total of two and a half minutes in the entire week. Cause, uh, cause yeah, we, we had never really spent that much time together. And there was this thing where we would, all we do is tease and almost insult each other the whole time. When it got to the end of the trip, we both sort of looked at it and were like, yeah, that was actually quite And fun. both of you fall asleep in cars all yeah, the so time. Yeah, we, so we were, we were <laughs> never talking because either he was sleeping or, or smoking his vape um, or I was sleeping or filming. So we would never talk. Um, one thing I will say, the only compliment I'll ever really give about Talal is he's got decent music taste. Oh yeah, he's got good good music yeah. taste. We apart agree on music that, taste. Yeah, he has a yeah. Apart from that, he has an old fossil. Um, but yeah, so someone else uh, asked me. Let me see if I've actually got their name. Uh, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, whoever yeah. that was. <laughs> Hello, random person. Yeah. Um, but they were asking about your other business interests that are not YouTube. Yeah. Um, are, are there things? So I don't know. Maybe start with. What, what else do, you're doing, but then, do. and then also maybe a split of like time and yeah. I don't That's know, maybe a percentage thing. income, like you don't have to say any yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. or whatever, like something like that. No, but I mean, so it was all YouTube. Um, and then I realized that, look, if you literally, if YouTube shuts down one day, we're done. Yeah, right? you're done. And also you're so reliant on what, what the algorithms are doing or anything like that. Like it's just too up and down. So you need to set things up on the side. And the way I funded YouTube to start with was because I was brokering cars. Um, and so the first car I sold was an LFA. 
which was, which yeah. was just That's pure a luck. Good start. Yeah, my ex's father's LFA. <laughs> and he said, I remember this, he came up to me, and I don't, whoever bought this car, I apologize if ever they're listening to this because I, I got a bigger commission than I should have on <laughs> He came, he said, I want 300,000 euros for the car. I went on the market and it was three, like the cheapest one was 375, I think. Yeah. Something like that. So I was like, I'll put it up for 350, see what happens. He was like, take anything above 300. Nice. Put it up for 350. Another broker got involved and we sold it within like three days. So then I was like, okay, so I've got this, you know, now that I can spend on YouTube. So invested in YouTube, realized that wasn't working. Uh, it was working, but it was too up and down. So anyways, started a few different projects. So the way I, I have my, my life is set out now is so I've got YouTube, which probably takes up 50% of my time. Um, and I've got two separate projects. Uh, one is a raffle company. Um, based here in, in England that we've just opened internationally sort of a month ago uh, called Be and Get, which I love. I started with three of my best mates and, mm. and uh, that's been growing massively. So that's that's amazing. Touch wood. That's cool. Um, and then the second one is I'm, um, I don't know how much I can really talk about it, but I'm opening, I'm working in the sports marketing de- okay. department of a company, um, you know, managing a lot of their social media work. So oh, okay. like an advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's literally been confirmed in the last two weeks. Oh, awesome. So I'm probably doing 25%, you know, of, of my time for both of those projects and then 50% YouTube and then car brokering on the side. And eventually I want to get into, um, you know, flipping little apartments and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's how my time's divided and it makes it kind of work because those are regular every month, something comes in. Yeah. Um, and so it means, yeah, as I said, like if you've got payments on a car, um, I've never financed a car before, but like, I'm really considering mm-hmm. it now. You've got payments on a car, you got rent, um, you know, people to pay because now, you know, there's a total of three full-time people working on the various projects. Um, you know, what's coming in every month and that, that makes it just makes me feel makes so sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's good. It's interesting when you say that you're helping out with some social media stuff, cause I, like. I don't think it's something necessarily that everyone that, that we know thought they might be doing in the in the future. But yeah. if you spend all day, every day for God knows ten years, yeah, I don't I don't know how long we've been doing this stuff, but years, like a I long mean. time, it's fair. like working on your own social media, trying to do it for someone else is very easy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was, and also the the social media is such a new industry. Yeah, the hardest things to come by is experience. So when you've got experience that has such a massive value to these people, like I, I was surprised by when I decided to go into this and started mm. working with it, how quickly work sort of like came in and now I settled down to it. But also the thing is, you know, we built social media and like a little following out of not much at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, we don't no brand. We, we, well, yeah, but there's no brand, but there's no real like talent per se. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we, we would make videos and we knew our cars, like we had the knowledge and stuff. But when I mean talent, I mean, if you're now working to develop for football players or tennis players or people who have like these mm. real talents and they developed it, you're like, look, if we could build our own stuff, which was on the yeah. basis of nothing, think of what we could do for you, who's already famous and who's already, you know, like, exactly. Know, stuff. So, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And I think we've by accident fallen into this category of people who have experience in social media, which is an incredibly lucky position. To yeah. Be in. Cause if you like, this is definitely not putting down anyone that works in that industry mm. at all, but most people that are applying for those jobs 
have not built a significant following yeah. in, in any way, shape or form. And I'm not yeah. saying that that is the mark of someone who's been successful. Mm. But if you, like your, your, in terms of your CV, you know, it's, there's no, it's you don't awesome. need formal training. If you say, I have an account that I've personally built that has, you know, 4 million followers or something and I didn't buy any of them. Yeah. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Like it's, you know, it'd be like going into banking or, or you know, being a car broker and being like, yeah, I've never sold a car. Right. Yeah. Whereas we can be like, yeah, we've. I've been doing it for 10 years. Been doing it for 10 years. So it's, it's just. It's just it's not completely under your name. different. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was, I, for one of these business, the, the raffle company, what we ended up doing also is four years ago when it was cheap, we bought a bunch of Instagram pages. Hmm. I, mean, I don't think I've ever really spoken about this, but we bought all these Instagram pages, which were nothing to do with cars, um, which we now own and we've built to 2 million followers in total. Yeah. Um, and we use that for our own marketing and different things now. So, you know, when I go to these companies, I'll be like, look, I've built the Seb Delaney stuff. Um, but then but also, also we own all these other ones. So in total, we're on like 2.6 million or something like that. Hmm. Um, it's something I I thought about doing a couple of years ago, but mm. then never I didn't I didn't want to allocate the time to yeah, it. Yeah. But it's it's definitely I mean at, ideally it's a lot easier to build an Instagram page if you're not creating all the content. Yeah. Yeah, if you get content sent to you like and it's also just you need to understand algorithms. And it's weird how there's no way of doing that. It's it's the weirdest thing. Test like, and repeat. You test and repeat, and it's just like you're feeling like you know, right? This photo got a lot of comments, and I gained more followers than usual yeah. after that. So clearly, at the moment, it's favoring comments, right? So then you post a photo of a yellow Ferrari next to a yellow Lamborghini, and you say, "Which one? Which one?" You know, you'll get a lot of comments. So it's just about you know doing that, and learning how to grow. But it's crazy how much of a business these things have become. Yeah. Cool. Um. So you've been sort of in between Monaco and London, yeah, a lot, yeah. And um, like, what what specifically led you to move to London? To London, uh, a mix of of wanting to do it and and not really having much choice. So yeah. basically, I was super lucky. So let's go way back. I went to uni, dropped out of uni, um, and when I dropped, I hadn't told my parents I dropped out of uni. <laughs> went down well. So when I dropped out. They basically said to me, look, here's 400 quid or, or whatever. That should last you like a month. Hmm. But after that, you have to earn your own money. And if you run out, you're going back to uni. As soon as you can't afford to, you know, eat or, or whatever, uh, you go straight back to uni. That's the deal. And we'll give you a certain amount of time in, in our house where you can live so you don't have to pay uh. rent in our house. So I was like, okay, cool. So that's when I left. And that's when, the, the, thankfully, the LFA sale came yeah. through. And, and anyways, all this stuff happened. So I ended up being able to stay there. But after two and a half, three years, you know, they were like, okay, it's been a while now. You need to get out basically. Yeah. Uh, you can come back here whenever you want, but you need to go find your own place. So I moved in with this other Seb childhood friend of mine to a place in Monaco, just outside of Monaco. That's the big, I've never actually lived in Monaco. That's like a big thing. Like I live you out, just, just outside. outside of Monaco. Um, so I, I, yeah, so I moved just outside of Monaco with a friend in like the greatest deal I think I've ever seen, you know, in that area. We were paying like two grand and we were living or 1500 quid or something like that. And we were living in this huge house basically because it was this old lady who lived there and just wanted to rent out two of the rooms, but uh, she was yeah. never there. Sick. So it looked like 
we'd moved into this mansion. But in reality, you know, we were paying what you pay for a room yeah. here. Uh, did that. And then that house ended up getting sold three months later. Uh-huh. Uh, funny enough, Nico Rosberg had come to view it. Um, and then he'd seen my video as this weird situation. Anyways, so that house got sold. And then, I, you know, I was left with the situation where I was like, okay, I can either find another place here. My mate's going to move back to London or I can go anywhere. And there was like two days where I was literally like, do I go to LA? Do I go to Sydney, Milan, Madrid? Like, where do I go? I just need an internet connection mm. and cars. And ended up deciding that London was where, so the agency that I work with is here. You, yeah. you know them. Um, a lot of the other YouTubers are here. Lots of cars. My sister was going to be here. It's, it's perfect for traveling. You got Heathrow, Gatwick, all these reasons. So decided to move here. Lived in a friend's basement for three months while I looked for a place to live and then moved in with these mates of mine. So it was like a very spontaneous, like literally house sold in France. And then we'd pack the car two days later and drove to London with no place to live and then just crashed <laughs> in a basement for three months. Um, and then moved in with my, with my friends now. Cause I was just, I couldn't afford to get my own place yeah, yeah. even because you know, we, we're like, it's such a tricky industry because you need to have a car kind of to some extent. Yeah. So I was spending quite a bit on, on cars. Car. Um, and then I just invested in these other businesses mm. I just spoke to you about, which now I'm happy again, touch wood that they've, they've worked out, but it was a gamble. Then I was like, I'm going to invest kind of this money. I've yeah. got, um, and see what happens. And, uh, in the end it's worked out now. So now that's why I'm moving into my own place now, because it makes sense at this point now. Cool. There you go. I've given you like my whole <laughs> life story. Um, but there you go. Sweet. Um, last, last week, week before, I went to Lotus for the first time. Oh, and, um, I think I saw this. They, they let me drive some cars. So I think by the time this podcast comes out, those videos will be out. But I drove a, an Exige and... Which, which Exige? 410. Uh, I haven't driven one. And the uh, Avora. Now you had... 380. An Exige 380. Yeah. Was it 380 Cup or no. something? The no. normal, the 380. Got some stories for you if you want. Some juicy. Some juice. Juice, yeah. Lotus stories. I love Lotus. And I regret selling that Exige. I'm not going to lie. It was so cool. I love that car. Um, But they just made too many. Like in the same way as McLaren almost did, yeah. right? So when I... So I was going to buy an Exige 350 because at the time that was like, you know, the, the top. The one. And they were being sort of really slow with getting, you know, the spec sorted and all of this. Really slow to the point where I was like, guys, do you, do you want to sell me this car? And then they say, no, the reason we're being slow is because we knew this 380 was coming out and we wanted to wait to offer you one yeah. of these. Uh, gave me a, a nice deal on that car. Um, and so I said, okay, I'll buy the 380, but is anything else coming? Yeah. Because... I would wait for that. Nothing coming. All right. So I buy the three. I mean, they're never going to tell you, are they? Yeah. But I mean, it's some, to some extent I was like, look, you know, even if it's a little bit more, I'll buy yeah, whatever's yeah, yeah. coming next. So, you know, it would have been nice, but so I spec the car, get the car built, arrive to pick it up. The day I pick it up, I see a test mule Oof. or something else. And I'm like, ah, oh. and then two weeks later, a 380 cup comes out. Yeah. I was like, look, if it was two weeks, like I would have waited. So that kind of annoyed me a bit, but you know, it happens. It, then, yeah. then a 410 came out, mine went down in value. I ended up selling it because I just, I couldn't afford to lose more money yeah. in, in the car. Um, 
And I was lucky in the end because I got in a good deal. I didn't end up losing. So, yeah. so I was lucky. But if I'd waited longer, I probably would have. What did you think of the car? Oh, the cars. I love it. It's your type of car as well. Though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought it was really cool. I, I had a, they said, come down and you can try some cars and you've got some time on the test track. Yeah. Um, which, like, awesome, isn't it? The, 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 that can happen. Track, they've got their own track. Well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they had an Exige 410 and an Avora 410. Like, I drove the Exige first and I think I had about an hour in total. Did you have the manual? Yeah, both manual. It was at the open gated. It was the proper open yeah, gated. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But I think it took, because I, I did probably five laps with one of their development drivers yeah. first. Passenger? Or, or? Uh, as a passenger. Yeah. And then just asking about the car, like a couple of laps. Yeah. And then I got in driving and then asking a bit more whilst driving around. Yeah. And then it was basically me getting the car and you've got, I don't know, 10 laps or something yeah, yeah. before I need to take some photos and then get in the other car and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still trying to learn the, the track whilst yeah, then driving fast. And it's not an easy track. It's not an easy track. Yeah. Like it's quite, um, there's a couple of sections that you get drawn into going a bit too fast. You can understeer. And then you easy, just yeah. sort of like understeer off. Yeah. Um, but, but I really enjoyed driving the Exige and the more I drove it, the more I enjoyed it's it. fast, isn't it? It's fast. Yeah. So fast. And then I, dro- I drove the Avora. Yeah. And I loved the Evora. Oh, interesting. Like I really liked the Evora. I thought you would have preferred the Exige. What what was the Evora manual now, as well? They're both manual. Mm. Uh so same engine. Uh that makes the Evora slower because it's heavier. Yeah. Which is slightly odd to have a car higher up the range and that's you drove then slower. The 410 Evora. Yeah, so both both 410s. Both literally same engine, same different engine. cars, pretty much same gearbox. Um so I don't know I enjoyed the Avora more. Why why did you enjoy uh, the Avora more? Yeah. Potentially it was literally just more time on track, more time driving the cars, getting used to them and stuff like that. But I think it was to do with the um the refinement and the steering. Yeah. So Exige is quite hard work. Like Exige is tough. It's like it's quite hard work to drive. And you're you're like you're in there. You're really in, in it. Car, yeah. Which draws you really in in to driving it and you like get out and I was like sweating and like I'd, yeah. I'd had an awesome time but then when I drove the Avora it, it actually, someone asked me afterwards um, uh, they actually just said have you ever driven a Lotus Avora and yeah. I'd like to know how it compares to your G3 RS and oh, after yeah, having driven the Avora now I would say it's the most similar driving experience to my GT3 RS that's not a you know that's not that poor i don't think um they get enough credit um yeah they are incredible like the only problem i think at the moment with those cars is they're quite sort of old and expensive and they're kind of expensive yeah so it's an oldish design they need to be refreshed yeah. and like for the price that you pay for an, like an evora i'm not set on the aesthetics of it it's i don't you know, it's all right. Yeah. The driving experience was amazing. But even things like the... The noise the sound, is amazing. The, the, sound, the noise sounds really good. But the sound system, like it's, you know, it's, crap. it's okay. It's like bought in from someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot more they could do. I'm I'm fascinated But they've got the new cars coming. The, the Avora, yeah, they've got... Like I need to bought the Avora 430 or the one they only made 60 of. Um, but they, they're making... So they've... Or the 460. There was one which was very limited. They've got like a hypercar coming. Yeah. 
next year, uh, which is going to bring in the new design language that's going to filter down to the rest of the range. And then there's another, we're not, I'm, I couldn't get out of them whether it was an Exige replacement or an Avora replacement or somewhere in the middle. It'll be, I think they're going to replace everything. So the, cause the Elise is on the same chassis as the Exige. Those two share a, a similar no. chassis. It's a bit like white or something. The Exige and the Avora is yeah. the same. Okay. Is the Elise is a bit smaller. Okay. There you go. That's what, yeah. Um, yeah. And then they have different like, front ends and stuff like that yeah. but i think they're just going to do a lot to yeah be but the first like ne- next year there's going to be a new car which will be the hypercar or the hypercar is next year 100 and then after there'll be a, and then i think later in the year there's, there's like else. a new normal production-ish car see that will be interesting because at the moment they're just trying to get as many cars out of their current lineup yeah. so with special editions etc um when that comes out i mean they they make such brilliant cars that it has potential to be massive. And it they've was. been bought by a Chinese company. Yeah. Um, so they've now got loads of money. Is it the same guys who own Land Rover? Something I think. Like, I'm not sure. But they've got loads of money, which was always their issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think for the last five years or whatever, they've basically been like, had no money and just got to make do. Yeah, well, they made they made money for the first time in ages, like two years ago. Mm. I think they actually made profit for the first time in like 15 years or something. But yeah, I was super... I was... I was genuinely, I, I, I didn't expect them to be any good. good. Yeah. And the Avora, I really, really enjoyed. And I want to go, I want to drive one on a, on a road now. Yeah. Because um, like, cool. the more you drive modern cars. And on the road, you, you will, it was, so when I had the Exige, I remember just trying to explain to people, yes, it's 380 horsepower, but it it's is 1100 kilos. so <laughs> quick. So when we'd go up the roads around Monaco, yeah, people would be like, yeah, I've got an Aventador or whatever. Yeah. I was like, I, I, well, one, it was also because I know those roads yeah. really well, but um, but it's so fast and it's instant because it's, it's supercharged, yeah. right? So there's no turbo Just lag. punches. So you put your foot down. You need to be so careful coming out of some corners though. Like wet, oh, I was yeah. on semi-slicks coming out of hairpins. <laughs> you had to like, it was like pressing on, a, on an eggshell, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the reason I brought up Lotus is I know you had the Lotus and then mm. you now have an Alpine. And I have an Alpine, which is downstairs. Which is downstairs. Yeah. It's, it fit very neatly in my garage. In your garage, yeah. Well, you said you had a small garage and my the other car, Kia Stinger, which is a loan, mm. loaner, is about the size of Titanic. So <laughs> I thought I wouldn't bring that. But the Alpine, yeah, the Alpine's really nice. Um, you should drive it because then I want to. I want to have a go. But I'm, I'm not like... Actually, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like a little drive in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to have... A, I, I need to have I'd a go in one room. like with some curves or something yeah it's a really good car um it hasn't gotten my senses going the way the exige did though mm. it's fast it's n- again but it's it's about half the money the exige was so yeah you know i can't really compare but um it's fast it's not incredibly rapid it's like cayman s yeah. of speed um it, it, i don't know i really like it i really really like it but I'm not blown away with it. So right. I'm thinking about selling it. Um, so if you're I'm looking not, for a... If you're looking for an Alpine. Nice low mileage Alpine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very, very low mileage. But, uh, and I'm not, like when I decided to sell the Exige, I was really sad about, you know, yeah. I was like, oh no, do, am I doing the right thing? Whereas with this, I'm like, okay, that's You've fine. sort of, it's yeah. done. What made you get it in the first place? So, okay, two things. One, um, I saw it at the Geneva Motor Show. Mm-hmm. Um, when they released it and just really thought it was really cool. 
really liked it. So I tried to go put a deposit down for one. Also because I knew if you got the premier editions, they would do well yeah, investment-wise. Right. Um, so I went to the guy. It was like Thursday evening. I was like, can I put a deposit down? It was like 2,000 euros or something for the deposit to secure mm-hmm. it for two years later. He said, yeah, no problem. Come in the morning and we'll sort that out for you. Go back the next morning. He's like, last one was sold 15 minutes ago. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So then for a year and a half, I was like looking for one for list and they were all asking for like 15,000 over list. I was like, no way. Um, Testro won. And that's when I, I was like, okay, I want one. I really want one of these because they're brilliant. Like good gearbox, good engine, beautiful interior. The interior compared to like a 4C or something like that is yeah. just absolutely stunning. Really? Yeah. I'll show you, oh, I'll show you later. Um, and then anyway, someone offered me one for list and I just pounced on it and, and got that. And it, it was in Alpine blue, uh, but it's still got like all the stickers. I, I don't think I've seen one in another color. Yeah. I mean, it's the color, isn't it? What's well, another car that has like so strong okay. a color? I'll tell you the car and you will now tell me the color. BMW M2. Blue as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Long oh, Beach For a blue. second I was thinking blue, black. There's quite a few black I, ones. You now see a lot in other yeah, colors because yeah, yeah. it's been around well, for a long time. It was blue. But it was yeah. just everyone had yeah, that you're blue. Right, you're right, you're right. You're right. There was also a Ferrari 458. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But the, yeah, Ferrari 458 in red, AMG GTR in um, green hell green, or yes. whatever they call it. Yeah, green hell green. This is, is a good it? game, actually. Yeah. SLS Black Series. Solar Beam Yellow. Yes. Uh, what else is there? Aventador SV at first, they were all in that red. Oh, remember that? That, that is an awesome color, but I wouldn't... I'd find it... If if you said Aventador SV, I'd, I'd find it tricky because they all, people color. get yeah, them all in right, different colors. Right. What else was there? There are more P1 in that volcano orange. At first, when they came out, there were yeah, like a twelve C would be in the first Aventador in the orange. Yeah, remember when the first Aventador came out? They were all similar to the McLaren color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're getting completely (laughs) slightly slightly sidetracked. So yeah, you're enjoying the Alpine for now, but like Mm. it may go eventually. Have you lined up a something you might want? Yeah, so I did this thing on the French YouTube channel, which was so unplanned, and I don't know if it was a good idea or not. So basically, I made a video where it was five supercars for under 40,000 euros uh, that you can buy, right? So mm-hmm. like Maserati Gran Turismo, Bentley Continental GT, our original Audi R8 V8, Porsche 997, and V8 Vantage. So we're using supercar in, like, in brackets here. Yeah, like, yeah, supercar and rackets. Yeah, 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 but you know, like... It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool-looking cool sports, sports cars. So I made that video, and at the end of it, just out of, I don't even know why I said this, I was like, if this video gets 10,000 comments and 20,000 likes, I'll buy one of these cars. Oh. And and so Cole, who was filming yeah. behind, um, literally just looked at me, he was like, are you actually, is that a thing? And I was like, I guess so. so <laughs> yes, it is now. 10,000 comments... Is a lot. There's no way, right? Yeah. No way. Anyways, yeah, yes way. So we got the 10,000 <laughs> comments and we got the 20,000 likes. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to buy one of these cars. So now I'm going to test drive all five of them. Okay. And then I'm going to let the followers vote and then I'll buy one. I'll buy whichever one they pick. You're going to buy whichever one they pick? Yeah. It's a bold, bold, bold move, right? Bold. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, what, what were the cars again? Maserati yeah, Gran Turismo. Yeah. Tell me which Bentley one Continental. Original Bentley Continental, original V8 Vantage. Um, all right. All right. V8. Yeah. But the thing is like, I will let them choose a platform and then I'll probably 
go and buy like so if they say Gran Turismo I'll buy an MC Stradale yeah 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 they say V8 Vantage I'll buy Vantage S Bentley Continental but I'll you're buy still within one. the similar sort of budget yeah range. R8 like V10 manual probably yeah and uh, what was the last one 997 I would get like a 997 what, you know what I think is actually a good investment is a 997.2 manual just C2S no 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 turbo sorry turbo 997 turbo mm-hmm. last turbo manual I, I sort of agree. I don't think they're going down. Yeah. Anyway, so those would be the cars. What would you... And in this scenario, you've you've got two cars? No, so in this scenario, Alpine's gone, I think. And I'll no, no, have, no. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. the Alpine's gone, but would you still have the Kia, have the or, Kia or maybe something or, else? Or like an A35 or something an like RS3 that. or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is your like sports car. The Aston looks amazing. Sounds amazing. Yeah. It's pretty like old. Yeah. Though. But it's an Aston. But it is an Aston. It has the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a manual V10 R8. Good job. Would, I don't know what they cost. You, original ones, 55. 55,000 pounds. You can pick one up for. It's a manual V10. Yeah, Mid-engine that's, that's legit. V10. That's a really good car. Yeah. And so, and also all of these I'd modify as well, like to some extent as well. So like the, V10, I would go, I'd go full. You'd go John supercharged or whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, I think the, the Porsche would be a very good car, but like not super interesting. I don't yeah, think. Not a good YouTube car. Yeah, like it'd just be a really good car. But I, I personally, the way I feel about 911 turbos, they're very good, they're very fast, they're very comfy, but they, and people look at me a bit odd when I say this sometimes, I see them more as like a daily driver. Yeah, but no, there's, I, I there's certain that. cars that I look if at and go like, money. like, yeah, like money, no, no object. object yeah. That's the sort of thing you might have as a daily driver, but I wouldn't have it as the fun sports car. Yeah, because it doesn't make the right noises and it doesn't have quite the right experience. For yeah, it its party trick is going really fast. Yeah, and that's not a good party trick for having fun. Yeah, um, which, it's got seven twenty s sort of feel to it. Yeah, seven twenty s has less than turbos. Yeah, but yes, no, sorry. Continue on your. Yeah, so I, I think of those ones, the the Maserati, I've had zero experience with them other than mm. I know they sound good. Um, yeah, Gearbox is pretty crap. So I would, I probably wouldn't get one of them. Yeah. Um, Bentley? Bentley, nah. That's how, that's how I'm going. I think the one that I could have the most fun with would be the R8 because yeah. I could modify that. Um, it's mid-engines. My dream, I, I have no idea if this... Uh, is feasible or how much it would cost or if it would be street legal is to make it into a GT3, R8 GT3 with 900 horsepower manual street legal. I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, it would. Because I have it between here and France because I can still use my parents' house yeah, yeah. From time to, as long as I don't keep live it or there. Whatever, yeah. I can still keep it there. It'd be pretty lols. It'd be pretty lols. <laughs> so actually... I totally... The idea of having all that body work on a car... Ignoring the fact that you're chopping and whatever, does doesn't appeal to me that much. I will show you a photo. But I think I there would if you'd asked me six years ago, you would I would have it. absolutely loved the Remember, idea. Remember, I am still twelve years old. Exactly. So, like, so look, when I say going full John Olson, oh, he's been, bringing up his phone. That's we've seen. been texting, and he's been sending me looks. So he's a bad. <laughs> R eight LMS, this thing, whatever that is. Oh yeah, if. if 
It's basically an R8 with some body kit bits on it. Yeah. So this is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I told, so I, I, this is classic. I tell him, yeah, I'm going to get an R8 potentially. Um, what modifications do you think I should do? Cause I know you modified one. Do yeah. you think like just an exhaust or, or like wheels? And he sends me a GT3 kit with a supercharger. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Do you see him quite a bit on every now and then? I uh, guess no, yeah, now you're Monaco. here. Like, now, now I'm here. Not too much, not too but much. like, um, yeah, when I'm in Monaco. Yeah. So he was, he's buying a new car now. So we just went, uh, I helped him figure out which car he wanted. And in the end he let his followers vote. Has he decided? DVS. Okay, yeah, I thought that's what he was going to get. Cool. Um, I'm not going to. I have yeah. photos of the final one on my phone, but I don't know if he's... Okay. So I don't want to mess that up. I'll show yeah, you yeah, after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the, I'm having a real, like, Aston Martin renaissance at the moment. Yeah, I think Aston's... Well, okay, well, here's the big thing. People either loved or hate what they did at Geneva. Like the new, the W3, yeah. the Vanquish concept, yeah. etc. What did you think of them? I thought really cool. Yeah. But I thought slightly shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Just because they, uh, and I've spoken about this on other podcasts with James and people and stuff like that, but they've got the Valkyrie, mm-hmm. right? This is the Halo crazy mm-hmm. mega car. Mm-hmm. This is the one with the proper engine in it. Badass. V12, badass. Then they've got one below, which is the 003. Is that- Still badass. Still badass. It's got the sort of the, that will have basically a modern F1 engine in it. Yeah. But personally, having a modern F1 engine in, the, in a car does not interest me. Yeah, you like, want like a... I want a good sounding NA or hybrid They make it sound like a modern F1 car. But modern F1 cars don't sound that good. You, you say that though, but they make some pretty interesting noises. They, they sound interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah they make they some interesting, interesting noises. But, not- but if you said like it could sound like a 2008 oh, F1 yeah, yeah, car... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, Absolutely, and then they've they've shown the concept for the supercar that's coming out, the Vanquish, yeah. and they all look the, the same. same. Yeah, that is the that's issue. that's the bit but I've got for people for me, right? Where there's there is no way a Valkyrie could ever be an option. It's awesome. It's awesome. So because then I'm thinking like, God, that like body shape is somewhat obtainable. Obtainable yeah. is a strong word. But like if I win the lottery in the next three years, I can maybe get a Vanquish, right? Yeah. And basically have a Valkyrie, which is great for people who can afford the Vanquish. Well, yeah. But if you've bought a Valkyrie, I'd be pissed. Valkyrie, I think quid. you're still okay. Because yeah. it's got the mega, mega engine. Mm. And it's like, that's going to come out reasonably soon. Mm. The, the 003, you're in this weird middle ground where... The baby car is, is going to look like that. And I think it's a lot a of... a million quid. Yeah. Double uh, three. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a very expensive car. And I think a lot of people that were going to buy that car have just seen that they're going to make a supercar that looks the same and go, I'll just get the supercar. Yeah. Because it'll probably have a more... In- it might... Not necessarily more... You know technically more interesting. pulled out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just in general. Yeah, in yeah, life. yeah, yeah. In general. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No. more than two. Yeah, exactly. Same. Which I've heard a, a lot of people who have said, "Look, I, I had a, a, you know, spot for one of these because are they? No, it's five hundred. They're making that's quite a bit. They're gonna make a few. Yeah, and the thing that I want to hear your point of view on this hypercars and their prices. Do you remember, like, even when the hypercar trio came out 
But before that, like Veyron was 800 grand. Yeah. And everyone was like, how can a car cost 800 grand? Then Hypercar Trio came out. It was as if those were the most expensive cars. In- yeah. And they were, they would be that range one, between 800 yeah. and 1.2 or something. Yeah. Max 1.2. Now 1.2 gets you the baby hypercar. Yeah. Like every hypercar, Project One, two and a half mil. Valkyrie, same thing. Um, the new Koenigsegg's three point yeah. three something. It's nuts. Like you get the crazy Bugatti, it'll be ten. Yeah. The crazy oh, yeah. Pagani will be ten. Yeah. Like it's absurd. Obviously, they're making it for people that have obscene amounts of money, yeah. of which there are a lot Scary of. Amount, There's yeah. a crazy amount. Um, so they're always going to these cars are going to exist. But I don't know. I always used to look up at the the Halo cars, and they would. They used to be super desirable, whereas now they're not. And I don't, I think that says probably more about me than the cars. Yeah. Um, getting old. Should've getting old. Walking stick. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, I, I went running the other day and I couldn't walk for a week. So. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had that too. My, my ankle's been screwed because I went running for about 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Just to get to the shops because they were closing <laughs> soon and now I've been injured for two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, I think because performance wise, if you'd said 20 years ago, this, the, the stats of the supercars then are the same as like a hatchback now. Yeah. And that actually, the roads haven't got any bigger. Yeah. And it's scary. And where you're driving these cars, unless you're driving them to be seen, so that's, you know, that's totally one side, it's totally fine, whatever, state symbol, yada, yada, yada. Mm. But loads of them don't necessarily sound as good as the ones from three years ago. Because they've all yeah. gone turbo. Yeah. Um, so Va- Valkyrie will sound. Yeah, yeah. Absurd. But, but yeah, we've no, had a no, whole no, bunch no. of like turbocharged cars, which just won't necessarily sound, sound as good, good as they used to. The performance is completely useless in terms of when you're ever going to put use that. I thought um, I drove Tim Senna. Mm. So this is a new bait. Like this is a new level under the. That's a 003 effectively. Yeah, that level. Because it's uh, under what's their, their speed tail? Is their big. Big boy one. Yeah. What do you think of Speedtail? I actually think it looks kind of cool. I don't okay. know. Like, I never Does it interest you so. as a car? Um, no, it, it's, it's, historically, yeah, from the his, history point of view. But, like, no, not really. I wouldn't buy there's one. There's too many cars. Like, yeah. I, no, there's not too many cars because I'm glad that there's people keep making cars, all yeah. these crazy yeah. mental cars. Um, but, yeah, I was sort of sort of winding back to my point. Like all you get any modern supercar from the last five years, they're yeah. all crazy fast. The they're Senna all must be like mental. This the Senna was the first McLaren I drove I've driven other than six and five ALT I thought was pretty cool. Mm. But the Senna was the most involving McLaren mm. I've ever driven. Mm. It felt nuts at thirty miles an hour. Like you couldn't They're use cool. all the power but and that sort of stuff, but it sort of felt a bit crazy. And I feel like you could probably have, if you just dialed back the fuck factor on how many yeah. you give, you could probably have a lot of fun on a road without going too fast. Yeah. Um, but it's got a stupid amount. Like, what is the point? It's so quick. Senna is just, I mean, 720. 720s. So fast. It's crazy fast. Um, but what do you think about the looks on the Senna now? No. You don't like it? No. Yeah. I it's in, it's, I it's hated it at first, but now... It's not... I don't, I don't hate it, like, so much. Yeah. But I don't love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like, I saw an Aston Martin 177 at the weekend. Mm. 
and I hadn't seen one in a long time. This one was black. It was just sitting there. And that's like the most amazing thing I've seen. Selling ever. selling one for a client if ever you know anyone who's interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh but they are cool. They are but they're crap to drive. Well that's it. I, I actually have no desire to own yeah. or drive one. Yeah. But they look amazing. They so look I'd have one like on a wall. Yeah. Or in a hundred car that's collection, you know you I'd have it. a one seven seven. But no, it isn't what okay, here's a question. What would you have out of the current hypercar project one, Valkyrie, Senna? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Apparently, Project One that they can't put that engine in anymore. Have you heard this? I I heard they were having a lot of problems. I've heard they've now gone to their clients Oof. to say we can't work it out. Like it's just going to be too unreliable. We can't do it. What would you like? Like, would you like a V twelve? Would you like a V eight? Wow. And seeing what people come back with, and then they're going to figure that out. So it's been delayed by like two years. Again. They could put a V twelve in it if they put a V. If they put the Zonda V twelve or something, yeah, similar. like an eight hundred horsepower V twelve. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be sick. That would make that car so much sicker for me. Yeah, I know a lot of people wanted the Project One because they wanted the F1. It made by Mercedes when Mercedes were dominating F1, and it's an F1. Like I know and Nico Rosberg was going to have his championship winning actual engine. In oh, really? His Project One. Yeah, and like, be cool. just explode every five minutes. And just explode. Yeah, yeah. Because so I, I, the thing I heard was they were having problems with like it had to idle at like five thousand RPM or something. Which is hilarious. Which, <laughs> imagine, imagine you had a chunk like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the only other person who would enjoy who would have a car as loud as a Project One at idle would be the Wallace. <laughs> is he still? He still likes his loud exhaust. Still a hundred percent into liking loud cars. Yeah. His new Merchelago, he's Fab's, Fab, I was going to say Fab Sped. <laughs> Fab Sped. He's Fab Sped. He's uh, got a Fab Speed on it and I haven't heard it in real life, but. Is that car manual? No. Paddles. Paddles. Have you no, driven I mean, it? No. No, I've driven in it, but yeah. I haven't driven it. Uh, I've never driven a Merchelago. Manuals could be kind of cool. There was a manual that came up at VVS uh, 6.2. Hmm. For I think 140,000. And Paul was trying to get me to, to go see that. <laughs> um, because they will probably hold their value quite well. Manual V12. Yeah. I don't know. But, I, I drove a six four, uh, LP640. Yeah. And. Manual or? The paddles. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Yeah. Paddles on those are pretty. The paddles are great. Aventador. But even just, even just everything about it. The ergonomics. Yeah, like yeah. Your feet. It's a proper Lambo. Like. Oh, off yeah, to the yeah, side yeah. Um, and I think I'm not really like I'm not a Lambo person yeah. like not as in I wouldn't have a Lambo I would totally if I had I don't know I don't know what number of cars but I would totally have an SVJ yeah there was a They're blue cool. one that was sitting down the road in the dealership forever They're and cool. it just looks badass and if someone says to you supercar like a kid that nowadays a would draw an Aventador yeah yeah, it's nuts. You know what blows my mind is how those Murcielagos, they're worth 140 grand or whatever now. When they came out, they cost about the same and they were the biggest competition of the Zonda. Wow. When you think about it. Do you not remember like when the Zonda came out, it was like this is sitting yeah, yeah. against Murcielagos, the 6.2s. And now the original Zondas are worth 3 million. Yeah. Do you remember that? And the, and the I mean, the production numbers are significantly different. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But back then, if you could go back, yeah, two hundred. I think they were two hundred and forty-nine thousand pounds or something. The Zondas, original mm. ones, or less, or one hundred ninety-nine. I think. Anyways, not a lot of money, but 
yeah. well, how much are worth now? Not much. And you could go spend, imagine if you'd made the decision to buy a Merchelago, how much <laughs> you'd be punching yourself. But you probably have sold yours on the, by now. Yeah. You may not have, but you probably would have. If you haven't. Or you've spent another two and a half million euros just doing upgrades every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. You could. I wonder, what do you think would be the most valuable Zonda now? Because you, I know you love Zondas. Yeah. So you know your Zondas. Okay, so... Cinque? My personal favourite is the... Is it the Tricolor? Yeah, Tricolor, yeah. It's blue, it's gold wheels, manual. There's three of them in the world. Right-hand drive? Manual. I don't know, I right don't know whether there's right-hand drive. There's less than the Zondas. They look amazing. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think that's the... That's just the one, I think, which I would want. That level, like Zonda F sort of time. Yeah. Um, before they went crazy big wings and all that stuff. See, I like I like Lewis's. Yeah. First ever 760 manual. That's quite cool. Roadster. Um, purple, purple carbon. Yeah, see, this badass. fits in with your, like, you want to put a GT3 kit yeah. on your yeah. Audi. Purple um, carbon Zonda 760. But me well. there is one car, and I think it was the, it's the original prototype i believe and it was i think it was owned by bob forstner i think okay and it's it's the one that did all the initial testing and stuff and blah 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 blah, blah. Million... and up until recently it was the only one that could be owned in the states and driven it's not the no no whatever they call it uh or no no the one that's got a million kilometers on no, no no it's no. not that one no it's oh, not that one okay yeah no it's like when they first came out, there was one car that went and did a whole bunch of American testing okay. and stuff like that. And okay. it's registered in the U- in the US and it's the only one yeah, that's, okay, that's registered. Cool. And it's like chassis number 0001 you know or something. owns it now is Dan, uh, Dan I Am. Yeah, probably. Whatever. Yeah, because he seems to own all of them. Although if, if I had that car, yeah, I wouldn't be selling it anytime soon. That must be worth. Although I don't, I don't know how know. long until Zondas are legally allowed to driven in the States anyway. Quite a long I time, know, I guess. Because yeah. it's, it's like 25 years 20, or something. Yeah. And then so, they're not that old. Yeah, but if you're sat on one now, think about how much the value will go up as soon as you can. Huh? Although, yeah, I mean, that whole market, if you're a Zonda owner, even in Europe, as soon as it opens up to America, yeah. the demand Boom. goes massively up. So your car will be worth like a million more overnight. But, or, like definitely, that's a big part of it. And then also when China suddenly just, like a lot of Chinese people are, buying cars but not really not in terms yeah. of the number of billionaires versus the number yeah. of people that are buying expensive cars like it's a tiny tiny amount yeah yeah it's true when they wake up and want to to take those cars that's going to be massive they're just all just going to go in one yeah. like one boatload will come over and just and like boom once yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the zombies will be gone yeah yeah i know the feeling but so because you've you, you've got the f40 yeah and you're keeping that undecided Okay. Like very undecided at the yeah. moment. I um I did a little like a garage update video the other day. Yeah. It hasn't I haven't put it out yet, but essentially I just in the last six months I've been really thinking about the cars I own and whether I want to own them. And you've got recap me, you've got F forty, M two. Yeah, F forty, M two, GT three R S. Yeah. So nine oh seven G three R S. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, my old 911. It's like a back day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yellow one, yeah. Um, what was that four? Four, yes. And then I've got my radical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a race car. Yeah. Um, and like M2, I it does everything I want it to do very well. The only thing I'm finding at the moment is I'm doing a lot more long journeys. So yeah. it, it's not very good in town. Yeah. The suspension is rubbish, and it's just it's not amazing in town. It's still small, which is kind of fun. It mm. still looks good, um, but I'm doing a lot more long journeys. So that yeah. I'm thinking of changing that for something that's better at long journeys. That that's one option. Okay, or still keep them too. Still go to track days occasionally with it, whatever. Um, and then change one of the other cars for a GT car of sorts. So. Right. I don't drive the G3 RS that much at the moment. Like, I really don't drive it. It's, I love it. I've had amazing memories in it. I genuinely think it's one of the best cars ever. Yeah. But I don't drive it. Yeah. And value-wise, is it a good time to sell it? It's not bad. Yeah. Like, I've done very well out of it. Yeah. Um, I could sell it and you know, I'm, I'm making money, whatever. I'd, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, it's more down to. I've just sort of realised recently that I I like having less stuff. Yeah. Um, things like you know I like I got rid of a guitar and an amp the other day that I don't really use, and just having like less stuff in your house. If yeah. if I had, I can't remember what I was saying. Yeah, if You're I just had like an insane amount of space and and I never had to see any of the things I owned then maybe fine. But just like in mental capacity of having lots of things, like having five cars is a right pain in the ass. Yeah. Actually, the one that's the least pain in the ass is a race car because it, it lives with track. someone else yeah. and it's managed and I don't... doesn't. You show up, you drive uh, it, you leave it. Yeah, like... Yeah, that's the dream. GT3 RS, I see. So you... And, and 40 as well. So if you if 40 went, would you get something similar to that or would you just hold back and i think what i would my i would love to just have two cars now if it if there was no investment potential whatsoever then i would probably still maybe go to two ignoring the race car maybe i would love the idea of having a daily that's comfortable does the stuff i need to do day to day go long distances whatever and then have a sporty car that i do road trips in take the track occasionally does all the other stuff. So you get rid of the old 911 as well. Well, get rid of all three. the thing is, I absolutely love the old 911. Yeah, like, I was going to say that's cool. It's like, it just ticks a lot of boxes and it's, I really enjoy, I really enjoy driving it. 
It's like fun at all speeds. It's cool. It's like, it's, yeah, it's not showy sense. in any way. Everyone, like, it's just a really fun, happy car. Um, so the only thing I would change that for would be something similar. Yeah. yeah. So just maybe a more refined version of the same thing. Yeah. But at the moment, I don't see that going. Um, okay. So two, so two if the F would go, so if the F40 and the G3 RS went, the G3 RS, that would be a really sad, I'd, I'd be really sort of like, be a sad day. Be a sad day because I've had a long time and I've, I mean, I've been to Romania in that car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, like it's, it's been, it's had some good times and I don't, with lots of cars, you go, we would all get sad if that went. Yeah. Because it's like part of the. Everyone's like, Sam, you can't sell that car. You love that car. I'm yeah. like, yeah, but it's my car. I can do whatever I want with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but every, all my friends have a serious like association with me and that car and but road it's trips. It's always like that until you sell it and you get something else and everyone's like, oh, no, we love your new car now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so if the Ferrari went, I probably, I would hold off for a bit and then find some other, probably some other investment potentials whether it was cars or something else, but I would probably get another car at some point in time. Um, yeah. I don't know what, but... CGT? Yeah, maybe. Complete the Porsche That's Trinity. That's what I was say. And also it's around the same... It's less money. It's less money. So it, it would be similar to what I bought the... This is an insight for people. Um, uh, to what I paid for, for, the, for the Ferrari. Um, and then it would mean I was driving a car that was worth less... Like what I could do with a Ferrari is literally just sawn it and never drive it. But I feel like that'd be a bit of a shame. Mm. But as an investment, it would probably be decent. Because you drive it often at no. the moment? No. Like a couple of times a year. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and more, as time goes on, I drive it more. I can yeah. go up for the day, hoon it and yeah. then take it back. But so that, that could go. I don't know. If someone offered me the right amount of money, it would probably go. You uh, could sell our blue cars as a package to someone. Take a GZ2 RS and Alpine, and then I'm coming in a bit lower than than yours, but I'll I'll just sneak in there as the package goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love something. If if I sold those two cars or one car, I would probably look at something like an F12 or something that I've always wanted to try at least drive as a DBS, like not like the uh, old one, yeah, yeah, yeah. the manual one. I I was considering one. Just like ball around in one of them. I think that'd be a really, really cool. It's just cool. And you're, it's less mileage sensitive. Because yeah. if you get like, um, like James, a TDF or you get. You can't drive it. Yeah, you can't drive it. You literally cannot drive it. So what's the, what's the point that, you know, it, this is on a much, much smaller scale, but the Alpine, they're going up and no one's really driving them. So, I, so whenever I drive it, you almost feel like. You're oh, literally God. just yeah. spending a lot of money every time you drive exactly. it. So if I get a Maserati or R8 or whatever, I'm like, whatever. Like if I want to drive it five times around yeah. Europe, whatever. If I put a hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah. It and I'm definitely, as, as time goes on, getting a little bit older, I start to think, yes, okay. Not driving a car. If, if I literally just put it in a compartment in my head, that is, yeah. I own this as an investment. Boom. As if it was money in yeah, stock. Yeah, and yeah. Tr- and treated the same. Like it, it gets looked after, but like it doesn't get driven, has yeah. a cover on it, maybe appears an event once or twice a year, but like it's it might as well be some stock or something. Then that is a different way of looking at it and I could do that. But do you think they'll having really experience keep going? I, I, I think long term. Long term. Like if you kept it for ten years, for sure. Yeah. I think 
the two cars that are undervalued right now and that will go up are CGT F40. Are my two, I think. You know, someone came to me with how much? An F40 is now, what, eight, 800? Yeah, 8,900. Oh, okay. So 8,900 and then what, like 650, 700 for a CGT? Yeah, I think six to 700. Yeah. So, yeah, if someone came with, you know, one point whatever million to invest, I would say those would be the two to go into. Because hmm. the Ferraris do well, but they always just hit a, the other Ferraris, like um, 458 Aperta, TDF. They kind of just hit like a but they're, ceiling. They're not the Halo cars. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the Halo cars in La Aperta, how much are they now? Like four mil? Yeah. It's nuts. But that's that initial, the initial bubble part of the pricing when something super rare, like a, you know, something like a TDF at the moment is super popular and very expensive. Mm. Now in, will it still be in five years time? It's GTOs went whoosh, yeah. way up and now and they've then, come down. Because how much are they? They're like 400? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, um, they've come down a lot. And they, they were up at 900 or yeah. 8900. And essentially like a GTO is a 599 with less stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah. A TDF, yes, it's a very cool car, but it is an F12 with a bunch of stuff jammed to it. Yeah. Like a an Enzo is an Enzo. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, Enzos, they're cool. I, I, I've never I thought they were that cool. Enzos. Uh, me neither, until recently. Oh. I never really, I didn't think they looked great, but now every time I see one, I, I get very excited. Oh. Yeah, I, like, I, I do like F50s Enzo. are doing that for me now. I've always thought they're, yeah. they're a bit ugly, but yeah. the fact that it's a manual Makes with a V12 you... bolted to it. Yeah, see, I get that, but F50s, I, I I think we're opposites then in terms of yeah. the Enzo does that for me. F50, F50, I've, I've never really got, like I would much rather have an F40 yeah. than an F50. Maybe just because of the way it looks. Having I, that, I think it's a better looking car. The F40 is a better looking car than F50. sick. Um, as a driving experience, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like it's pretty imagine. awesome. Um, I, having now driven it a reasonable amount, not tons, but a reasonable amount. Um, it's wicked. The only thing I find with it is it's potentially too raw. Yeah, a bit much. Um, now, can you say a car is ever too raw? Well, if you only drive it for half an hour once a month, perfect. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you don't have to go down a motorway. Yeah. But, you know, a road trip, that... That does not a road trip make. (laughs) You could, and but you'd be you know wearing it. Like I think that car is made by having like mine's got straight pipes, and that adds to the experience, but also detracts when you're going down the motorway and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's a tricky balance to get with a car, and I think that's what I'm sort of finding with, let's say the GT3 is is I love the GT like I really love that car, and I took it to Silverstone a couple of weeks ago and drove down like had a hoon around and it was wicked like it's just a really good car but day to day i'm not doing that use it yeah um i like i would and i think i would have just as much fun in a like two grand rear wheel drive bmw like it's being on the limit that's fun yeah and okay having a good soundtrack is helpful yeah but being on the limit is fun and the less fucks you give about the car the more fun 
you it's can have. Be, yeah. Um, whereas I spend a lot of time at the moment, well, not tons of time, but more time driving long distances. And I like the where, where are you where are you going? Most of the time? I, like quite often, it's just driving to the racetrack. Yeah. So I'm going to get in a sport like in a race car. Yeah. Which whenever you put all these cars like you know Senna or LaFerrari or whatever, yes, they're an awesome experience. But you put them on track, and they are not a race car. Yeah. And you put them against, not quite, but you know any race car, proper race car. And the race car is significantly better. Yeah. 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 Um, That's the thing. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Sounds like what you need to go to the racetrack is an extended wheelbase Phantom with a Ferrari V12 in it. With a driver. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be the dream. That'd be great. (laughs) Got another one of those for sale. Actually, you need, (laughs) Um, but yeah. So yeah. So I was looking at things. I'm, I'm potentially looking at things like big GT, cool GT cars. So something like an F12, it's, it's always tickled my fancy a little yeah. bit. I don't like the fact that there's some YouTubers that own F12s. Who owns F12s now? Um, doesn't TG have one? Oh, there's TG. Okay. Um, is that it? I don't know. Okay. Potentially. Yeah, but people have had them. People have had them. But that, like, that doesn't James, itself doesn't bother me. James had one. James's was nice. Yeah, his um, was cool. I think they're awesome. They had two. They had two. Hmm. <laughs> really yeah but i was talking to uh, one of the reasons I, I thought about this is as well is i've been looking at the mileage i've done recently i did an excel sheet of and i don't know why i haven't done this before of like all cars and then costs of car ownership since new and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the ones that have cost me the most money have been the dailies like the rs3 that cost me loads of money the box basically if you bought something new that costs loads of money because it just appreciates. Just appreciates a ton of money in not a long amount of time. Like the M2, I got a good deal on when I bought it, but it's still lost. Let's say it's probably lost £10,000 in 10,000 miles over two years. So that's not, I mean, that's, that's not great. Pound a mile. It's not super bad. But I asked him about his FF and he did 20,000 miles two years and it cost him 10,000 pounds per it cost him 20 grand so, so it cost him the same amount but he had an FF yeah okay a slightly shorter but then time fuel, period insurance there, all that stuff there's a lot of other stuff but but he's driving an FF yeah and I'm driving a two series yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah and let's say you get a Ferrari you get seven years free servicing and maintenance yeah. so this is like there's there's loads of stuff when you look at it if you buy right there's potentially there's a chance that if you bought an F12 and you did 5,000 miles a year or something in it, which I could perfectly see that sort of thing happening, yeah. it would cost me the same as driving my M2. Yeah, which is nuts. I I quite I like that. Obviously, option. significantly more more money. Nice, like, but also, to do it. But also you're driving nice. a V12 baller car around. Yeah. Well, I think what would be very baller is a manual DVS as your daily would be so sick. I think it would slightly annoy me. Like daily in London, daily. Yeah, that's true. In London, yeah. I think like I just want something. Why don't you get a DVS or F12 and an electric smart car? Genuinely. I've been thinking about this. Pondered this. Yeah, because no congestion charge. Yeah. Parking so cheap. Yeah. You, you charge will it up. love it. You can charge it up. 
So all the money you'll save on all of that goes into your, yeah. and then you're helping the environment. You're helping the environment. Um, but then you've got a V12 as well. So it's kind of like, you're, you're just evening it out. <laughs> yeah. But it depends but, on how much, like people look at lots of cars and you pay, like I pay, just had some tax bills for cars that come through, like my GT3 RS and stuff like that. And like, I pay a ton of road tax on that, but road tax is not based on the amount of miles you drive. Yeah. So those cars, okay, you know, wah, 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 sob story or whatever, but they don't get driven very often. Yeah. And you pay a lot of road tax for it. Whereas, so that's not actually bad for the roads or the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if I get my little electric scooter around. Scooter, yeah. It's fine. Well, I mean, honestly, that's what I do because I think you can then have a really cool car that you drive, you know, not completely. When it's literally just to drive around London and daily or whatever, then you use your smart. But if it's to go out for a nice dinner or do anything, you You use use your V12 and you've got it here, let's say. Because you can leave the smart on the street, right? You don't need to use your your garage for that. Um, So you can leave one car in the garage. Leave a smart on the street. DBS wouldn't fit in the garage. Ah, uh, problem. F12 wouldn't fit in the garage. Yeah, it's true. That's annoying. I would consider, if I had that sort of car, I would consider parking it on the street. People do around here. I probably People wouldn't do. sleep very well. But Yeah, that's the only thing. There's no way it would fit. Yeah, it would just be a pain, especially if the plan is to use it almost as a daily. And, yeah, no, not necessarily like as a daily, but if I've got a long, if I'm going somewhere for the weekend, I'd take that car. Yeah, exactly. You're going to the track to yeah. race your radical. Think about how nice it'd be to take an F12 with yeah, DBS. That'd be sick. It'd be so sick. Um, I've never I, driven But I genuinely DBS. thought about um, getting, like, sell the M2. I, part of me goes like, okay, maybe you should get, like, an S-Class Coupe. Like a, like a four, three-year-old S-Class Coupe or yeah. something like that. They're, tr- they're quite, well, cheap again. Everything's relative, but... Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not cheap, but they're not... You'll just keep, they'll keep they're losing, not, though. They're not 200 grand or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then that would be really comfy, load space, blah, 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 blah. But you'll keep losing money. You'll lose just as much as you'd lose, if not more. Okay, the but there's also, there is one factor as well. So I think potentially I like the idea of having like an up GTI, something like that. Yeah. As like a little town car that's kind of fun and maybe yeah. you can take it out of place if you want, whatever. Um, and then having a nicer car. Because you don't always want to turn up somewhere in your in an F12. No. Like you, you're yeah. the guy that's turned up in an F12 and I'm just like who's yeah. this yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude we're going karting like pissed yeah. off yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly no I know what you mean well that's like I've got the Twizy in 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 Monaco well, just mm. outside Monaco but um that's great I like the Twizy it's you can't really have one here though because it just because yeah, of the yeah, yeah. and stuff but it's amazing because you know if whenever uh, I had the Lotus or when we had press cars and stuff I would just you know, when I was going to go meet up with my friends or, mm. or any normal scenario, take the Twizy, loved it, park it anywhere. doesn't cost anything. And you don't really put many miles on it because I've had that car since I was 18. So it's been four years. I drive it. My parents drive it. My sister drives it. It's got 6,000 kilometers on it. Yeah. 6,500 kilometers every day. It gets I think it's every, every day. Yeah. Down the hill, up the hill. Yeah. But because you're never doing long distance. So... Yeah, there's that. So basically, I'm all over the shop. Yeah, sounds like you're a bit lost. But I I do like the idea of almost like hitting reset. It was it was slightly sparked recently. I saw James had done a tweet and it was, you've got a million pounds to spend on a bunch of cars. What would you buy? I'm just looking at some people's answers. And then part of me was like, I could just sell everything and buy a, and buy a different, like if I was starting again, 
what would I buy? I think also, you know, you only you only live once, right? So yeah. have as many cars as you as can. As many experiences. Extent, as many experiences, right? So if you hit reset, you're going to be like, right, I've had five years or whatever it is with the current setup. I know it's not all of them have kind of switched. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this kind of thing. Um, why don't I go out and, and, you know, switch things up for now? I think that would be quite. I cool. think I'm I'm very tempted to sort of almost go back to naught, yeah, and like pretty much sell everything. I think I wouldn't sell the old 911 because I like. Yeah, but also that you spend a lot of time. On I love it. Building right. Yeah, so. and I've and like, I still really like it, and yeah. I think the only thing I'd sort of might replace that for would be something like a singer, but the price difference is significant. How much? Uh, how much? Uh, like your, yours is Auto Farm, no? Yeah. So yeah. um, like I paid ninety. Ish. Okay. And then singers one. are what, like 300, 400? Four, 500. Four, 500. Oh, God, I think yeah. to buy, if you wanted to buy my car new, as in like someone builds something like my car now, it'd probably be about 130. Okay. Um, that's just like the cost of building a project like that now. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's worth that yeah. retail price, um, secondhand or whatever. But so. I'm driving that car at the price I paid for it. Yeah. Like like my GT3, in my head, it's a £90,000 car because that's what I paid for it. Yeah. Um, and I don't drive it like it's a 200 grand yeah. Yeah, car yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Um, and as much as I love singers and I like the everything about them, you'd be then driving a £500,000 car. And like, and you, yeah, I mean, that's a whole different ordeal, especially because it's not a 500 grand car in terms of a, if it's a Ferrari or an SVJ no. where you can get parts for it easily, like something goes wrong with a singer, not good not, and very expensive. Yeah. And like, is it worth 500 grand? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They're very Do- cool. I mean, they're, they're so unbelievably pretty. Yeah. But 500 grand, I mean, that's a lot. Like it, probably, it is worth, I think it is worth, they are worth what they are. Yeah. But I don't think my brain can allocate that amount of funds towards one. Um, yeah, it's a lot. And I think probably what I'll do is keep modifying my old 911 a little bit. Um, Make that yours. You know, you can you can hit reset, but you can decide as well. I'm hitting reset, but one of these is becoming a lifetime car. This is see that's tricky though, car because F40 would be a sick lifetime car. Saying yeah, I've had that F40 for 35 years. But then again, so but then you and- could be like, I've owned. Let's just say you know. You have the F40, you sold it, you had a Carrera GT for three years, you sold it, you bought a Zonda, yeah. like you sold it, you bought something else, you sold it. You, like, you've had a whole bunch of different memories, a whole bunch of different cars. Yeah, that's also sick. Because the only way you could keep the 40 is if you just put it away, basically. Because or else you're just going to put too many miles on it, realistically. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it's reasonably low mileage. I, I could do 1,500 miles a year forever, wouldn't be a problem. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, but I wouldn't in my head, I wouldn't allow myself to do that. Yeah. It's, it's See got too expensive for me to drive basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Whereas if you keep changing, keep, cha- you know, not talking every yeah, yeah, yeah. year, but every three, four years, whatever, um, you can enjoy, you can be like, right, I'm getting a CGT. I'm going to put 5,000 miles on it. Yeah. Right. I'll keep it for three years. I'll put 5,000 miles on it. You can have it. A lot of good times. You have a lot of good times. Then you, you probably sell that. Yeah. Sell that. Should be worth more than you paid for it. Yeah. Blah, 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 Because 5,000 miles won't make a big difference. No. So as long as you buy right and sell right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. But I, I like the idea. It's mm. it's a difficult one to sort of... It's a hard pill to swallow. But, to, yeah. to do, but there's definitely cars I would love to experience at some point. One The one on my list, which almost makes me want to sell the Porsche less, the GT3 RS, is I really want to own a Speciality at some point in time. Yeah. And I kind yeah. of like the idea of having them both because they are the sort of the same years. Yeah. The competitor of the Ferrari. Yeah, one's manual, one's paddles. Yeah. But then w- would you... So what would you have to sell for that? No, I so I think, I think let's just say... Oh, I don't know. This, I need to go back to naught. My problem Speciality with the GT3 very cool. is like, what if in 10 years time I still want to have that GT3? I don't think I'd be able to buy it again. Yeah, you'd be able to buy end one. Up be spending, you know, 180 grand. But that, but, yeah, but that, like, at that point in time, your nostalgia and whatever, if you want one and that's what they're worth, that's what they're you worth. They could be worth yeah. loads more or whatever. But I, I have a special attachment to that car now. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, and also there are, because there aren't very many that are blue and silver. Yeah, it is a tricky one. It is a tricky one. But I don't pros think you, and cons for I don't think you can live in the in the what if world though. Yeah. Like, I don't think if you if at the time you're like, it's great, it's awesome. Maybe sell it to someone that I know where it's going. So that if I wanted to go and see it, I could go and see it. Yeah. <laughs> and like potentially yeah. buy it back off them in five years' time or whatever. I mean, Tim will probably buy it. He seems to be buying many things. Right? <laughs> so just offer he will not be buying a 997 GT3 RS. James might buy it. James could buy it. Yeah. I saw a four litre yesterday. Mm. Don't know where that's come from, but I cool. did see a four litre. They're cool. They are cool. How much are they now? 350. 350. They've sort of been that price. Yeah. They are cool. Yeah. I don't know what for. Yeah. It's hard. I don't know what I'd do if I were you. Anyway, that was, that's a solid rabbit hole. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'd love. I like the idea of going back to naught and then and then see what and you then do from and there. then just deciding again from then. Um, so yeah, you've, you've got this Kia. I do have a Kia. So it's a Kia Stinger. It's a Kia Stinger GTS. I think it was the first one in the UK. Uh, the one I've got, which is a press car. Mm-hmm. I don't own that car. I went on a trip, um, which was, you know, go on the. It was myself, Archie, and Becky went on a trip with Kia and whoever got the best engagement on their photos won one of these cars for six months. Yeah. Uh, that was a long time ago now. Yeah, and it was more than six months. Yeah, that was more than six months. So I got it for six months. They enjoyed what we did, extended for longer. And I don't really know how long I've got it for now, but I've wrapped it. Yeah. I've topaz skinned the wheels and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, And I, it's it's a hard thing because every time I make a video on that car, and again, you should try, drive that and you'll see what I'm talking about. So I say, for the money, this car is actually brilliant. Yeah. Like, fantastic. How much, where does it sit? It's, I guess it's, it's where does it sit? It's about 35 grand and it's pitched at like M3? Yeah. Kind of, it's Julia Quadrifoglio yeah. type stuff-ish? Mm, no, or not a bit below. quite. A bit below because it's 365 horsepower. So it's like a 340i or something like Ish, that. Yeah, but there's so much in that car. Like it's massive. So it's so practical. You got heated seats in the back, 360 cameras, Harman and Carden, Alcantara headlining. It's got everything. Like you really feel you're in a really, really nice car. 
But the thing is, because it's a, a not a press a loan car. As soon as I say that, everyone's like, "You're just saying it's it an advert." But I, they haven't paid me anything for the car. They're yeah. just giving me the car, and which they is were, still sweet. Which is still really sweet. But they were so nice, and they said, "Just say what you feel. We're not going to tell you what to say. Like if there are bits you don't like about it, put that out there. Yeah. It's fine." But I genuinely love, really, really, really like that car to the point where I'm like, I would almost if they took it back. Offer Why them what the for that one money to keep it. Or, yeah. or see, like, look, can I just buy this and keep it? Um, because I think it's just fantastic. So yeah, I really, lo- I think it's cool. I think it looks great as well. I don't know if you- yeah, it's quite interesting. I um, I remember however long it was ago, about the time where it was it was about two weeks before yeah. this event. I had an email oh, yeah. from someone, yeah, saying oh, we're putting together this event this for event, Kia yeah. or whatever. Um, we need a photographer. Oh, you are, Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so then I looked up what the hell a Kia Stinger was. And by all the reviews and stuff I'd seen, everyone, you know, everyone was like, it's pretty good. Like, it's actually, it's, it's good. good. Like, it's a good it's a car. Good car. Good it just box. has the, the stigma of the brand that no one really knows about yeah. them or whatever. When you think about it, they knit the guy from BMW M. Um, so he developed the car. Hmm. So it's very M feeling. They made their own double clutch gearbox. They didn't just go take take another one. And it's a good gearbox. It looks great. It's got the Kia seven year uh, warranty. Oh, nice. Um, so I don't know. Makes sense for that kind of money. And the only thing I guess it's kind of sad to say, but it is as you said, the stigma of Kia. Hmm. So yeah. But I know. Well, so you, you I like you that. Like I it. really like it. And and it's a good combo having that and the um. Alpine now and what I'll do is I think I mean that will go at some point I can't bank on having that yeah yeah uh, and the Alpine will go and then I think I will get a daily run around here and you know whatever I end up getting for this supercar I need to see how much I can afford because I'm moving into this new place do you not think potentially just having one car well I kind of want one in France and I want one here Um, what I may do is just have one car and then have a up GTI yeah. or a smart electric yeah, yeah. here, um, or try and get press cars or whatever. Like. Yeah, because at the moment, so I'm at the moment I'm going to have uh, two parking spaces with my place, but I can also get rid of one and it'll save me a lot of money. Mm. So you know, I've got I'm lucky enough to have that luxury of having the house in the south of yeah. France. So I could leave a car there because the roads are just ridiculous. Yeah, and I go there once a month, anyways. Okay, and drive that so down that's there. Kind of an opportunity to. Drive something cool down there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then and then here is where you get most of the press cars, right? Yeah. So then I just get press cars when I'm here. Um and have a little run around to have avoid congestion yeah. charge. Bloody congestion charge. Cost a fortune. Yeah, but if you don't drive in the congestion charge zone, yeah, it's then not you're fine. And if you yeah, live within it, it's also not a problem. Yeah. I drive through it quite a bit though. But although where I'm gonna be we're gonna be Chelsea area. Yeah, so so, so it's fine. You'll have a Chelsea permit and yeah. and you won't leave the borough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's nuts. Everyone who lives in Chelsea, Fulham, never leaves, do they? I've noticed this. Like a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to become one of them. Well, it depends what you drive around for. Like if I drive around mainly just meetings and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you could take public transport. Yeah, I do. I do most of the time as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends. Like if I'm going, depends where you're going. Yeah, really depends. But I probably do fifty-fifty public, like tube. And uh, driving, yeah, it's probably the way. Do you tube a lot? I, I try not to tube. 
Yeah. I don't necessarily drive as a replacement by trying not to. I don't have to go into central London that often. That often. Um, why, but why do you avoid the tube? I just don't. You don't like it's it? Just, it's also really bad for you. Um, yeah. My girlfriend is doing a PhD at the moment. She's studying pollutants in yeah. Wales and stuff like that. Anyway, she had a um, this meter for a day that measures pollution levels. And we went and did like a bunch of stuff. And like, let's just say standing on the street outside my house, it's this level here, you know, mm. naught or 10 or something. Yeah. Um, and then we went and we went in the old 911. She stood behind it for a bit. It's got no cats, no nothing. Um, so that went up to like 50 or something. Uh, then we went and drove around and it sort of operated around that 10, 15, 20 level. Yeah. And then she went on the tube. And she went to where she works and it went from, let's say, getting in the car was like 50 or whatever. It was like 800. <gasps> Going down into the tube is like horrific from a pollution point of view. Oh, that's scary. Sorry for people that commute on the tube, but it, you should know. It's, it's really bad down there. Wow. Like way worse than if you're standing on the street and there's a bus nearby and you think it's bad on the street, the tube is like, Five times worse. Wow. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think of it in this. I no. mean, you know it's not gonna be great, but that bad. Yeah. I thought when you were giving when you were saying ten fifty, I thought it was like, okay, it's gonna be two hundred. But Yeah, it's literally like the scales of like normal stuff here and the tubes like up there. That's scary. That is scary. But I, 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 I don't wanna... have to go into central very often. So Yeah, so you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, you build your life around. It. Yeah, I mean, Get my so little electric same, scooter like, around. This new place I'm getting, we're gonna have an office in the apartment. Yeah. And everyone who works for all the different projects are just going to come to the office, right? Sweet. So I'm literally just going to be based out of there. Girlfriend's going to live there. Everything will be there. So Yeah, and then other than that, you're going to airports or... Airports where I, I will train every time. Yeah. So easy. Easy. Um, oof. You got any, any I, more? iPad stuff going on? Any more? There? Yeah, so I'll just have a little skim through the iPad. They're nice, these um podcasts. I enjoy these podcasts. Yeah, you, how long do you think we've been going for? How long do I? Oh, um, an hour, over an hour easily. Yeah, we're an hour 55. An hour, I was going to say like an hour 26. Yeah. An hour 55. It's kind wow. of crazy. Um, but I, I think we sort of. With Alejandro. Hmm. Uh, and that was two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. It was Alejandro, Farshad, Paul and I. Yeah. Um, just chat. Just chat. Just keeps going, doesn't just it? Just chat. They chatted about. And people listen. <laughs> yeah, literally just chatted about weed uh, but no they're, they're amazing lovely uh, lovely guys people people do listen well I, I, if you're still here thank you yeah hello <laughs> hello um right so i normally oh we've got some little news bits so discussing news items of the week or mm-hmm. of the last god knows since i looked this up so ferrari are releasing a new car a whole they new model a whole new model a Sick. potentially it's going to sit above the super fast. So maybe it's going mid-engine. to be super, super fast. Yeah, mid-engined V12. Hybrid V8. Oh, okay. Which I thought the F8 was going to be. I thought that was going to be a hybrid V8. So, so it's basically a bigger F8. Yeah. Somewhere between that and a laugh. Yeah. And okay, cool. The, the rumoured figures, rumoured numbers. It yeah. comes out in like two weeks. Something like that. Okay. Uh, vague price, 600 grand. I don't know whether that's plus options. It probably is plus options. Uh, yeah, which means 
700 grand. Yeah. So it says sort of Senna, bit less than Senna, but you know, that yeah. sort of price bracket. There's the rumors, the numbers I'm hearing are like 986. That was quite a specific number of horsepower. Um, God, that's a lot of power. That's so a lot of power. So it's going to be between SVJ and Senna. Money. Yeah. And performance. Oh, well, no. Above. It's got 986 above. horsepower. It'll be above Senna. It's above Senna. Whether it will have, as, it won't have as crazy arrow. Yeah, it won't have because, crazy Because, like, you know what? It is a real. I'm disappointed it's not V12. I've been saying if Ferrari made a V12 mid-engined, you don't get any of those apart from the Aventador for under a million quid. Yeah, but think they, about it. But they they make the laugh, and that's the top of the yeah, range, and I that's know. the that's multi-million. Yeah. It would be V10 cool. V10 would have been cool. I think I do think V12 mid-engine as much as that would be awesome. Like would be awesome. It is a very like heavy combination. Option, yeah. Um but then I'm sure I mean this could be interesting for well no, I guess you don't want a new car. I was gonna say for you, I mean, if it's sick and it's very oh well, no, you because you're never gonna be able to get one, are you? Because you need like to have own five You need to say what car you're talking about. The the Ferrari um mid engine Oh right. Thing. This thing. Yeah. Um I don't think I would get one. Yeah. But also, also, they've said it's it's like normal production. Oh, really? Yeah. And then they'll make like a special version like, of They'll make like 3,000 of them. Oh, that's interesting. Or so they'll make like how many people order. It's yeah. like a Ventador. A Ventador, like but a more double the money. It's like a Ventador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. double. I, I bet it'll be pretty sick to drive, but it'll be too fast. Mm. Like, it'll also be You drive those... something like a Speciality, you don't think... I need a ton more horsepower. Yeah. It'll come out, everyone will be like, this looks really weird, and then two months later, yeah. everyone will love it. Yeah. Because that's always the way. And then all, all the Ferrari fanboys will be lining up to buy one, saying, please, please, let me buy one. They, but, they've probably already bought. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. True. Probably already bought she, she, what are we even talking about? They've already yeah. sold out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, you can't even get one. That's sick, though. That's, that's cool. That's interesting. I yeah. think it's interesting. Hopefully, like when the F8 came out, I looked at it and went, meh, cool, next. Like, Yeah, I think it bothered. looks amazing. Yeah, but I think it looks, it looks, I, I, I drove a 488 around cool. for a while and, and, um, it was great. It's a fantastic car. It just doesn't give you goosebumps. At that's all. it. That, that was it. Whereas Speciali mm. is just absurd. I, I, that's my favorite car. Yeah. Especially if they put the, I just want that, that, that drivetrain. So yeah. if the, if the Pista had the Speciali drivetrain. Have you driven a Pista? No. Okay. That's not, that's messed up fast yeah but is it but still but it's not as exciting no it's still it's not as speciality. exciting yeah I mean Speciali Aperta let's not talk about the price because they're absurdly expensive yeah. but a Speciali Aperta on like a French twisty mm. or an Alpine road oh I mean that's just the dream like, although you kind of why want have the they not cool- got a carbon tub yeah wishy-washy flexy yeah I mean, not, you know, not tons, but not tons, but, but still supposedly noticeable. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think I mean, it's still, roof, but, but down roof down to me brings more than yeah. maybe it's a little bit more for flex. sure. But you know, I think if you're a really like a ridiculous driver, right. Uh, and you do track all the time, you can probably feel it, but I'm, I'm not going to feel it. But then you just accept, like, I'm just finding like now as I, I drive cars and I treat them for whatever they are, you just you accept, accept what they course. are. And you go like, this is the driving experience. And that could be good, could be bad. Like drive a rental car, still have fun. Yeah, have a great time. Um, imagine that, Speciali Aperta, Novatec exhaust, mountain road. Yeah, it'd be sick. 
with the walls on either side. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's Porsche Speedster. You've seen these yeah. things going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're finally coming out because they've been like, it's yeah. been like two years that they've been yeah. coming out. 1290 or something they're making of them. Some, it's like 1948 oh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So, you know, something like that. I think they're cool. I think they're expensive. Very, very cool. Yeah. How expensive? Uh, list price is like 210 pounds. Okay. Very expensive. Yeah. Considering what a GT3 costs and it's, it is a special project. I think what they've done with this car is they've just removed the flippers from the market and mm. gone, this is probably what people will pay for this car. So let's just price it accordingly. Yeah. And see who buys it. And if people don't buy it, they don't buy it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But they will. People, they'll, they'll be sold. I think more people, I don't think people will buy it to flip. I, I don't really think they'll don't. go crazy high. Because the production number's significant. Yeah. And the initial price is probably where the flip would have come out yeah. or like, you know, maybe 250, 240. Yeah. But yeah, if they, if they'd said we're going to make 900 of these and they're going to cost 180 grand, 160 grand. Yeah. Then that would have gone. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, but now no, I think it'll be a great car. It will be amazing to drive. It'll look incredible. There'll be some great specs, PTS specs. Um, that's about, you know, doesn't, get it doesn't, it doesn't make me go like oh, it doesn't I'm so super. happy like if it wasn't coming out I wouldn't really it doesn't see none of the speedsters are particularly interested to me I like the idea of what it is mm. like roof down GT3 engine manual in a car like well the 997 speedster is doing quite well right? but that's just like a C2S yeah well it's like the sport classic same thing yeah that's yeah. a C2S as well yeah they're nice though look cool though yeah. but like not not particularly interesting to me I'm glad they're releasing that. They've also done that Cayenne Coupe thing recently, Porsche. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. That's, yeah. Uh, I like that. Uh, it's sort of like the M6, whatever. Q6 yeah. type. X6M. X6. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that'll be cool. And they'll sell like hotcakes, those. Mm. Because, I mean, it's like Urus is now over 50% of Lamborghini production. But would you buy the Coupe over the normal Cayenne? One? normal client I, don't I saw a I photo I think it looks quite cool I think maybe but maybe it's just because I'm kind of bored of the, the way the Cayenne looks yeah. that you like whatever's new and in two you years just have, I think there's some spec stuff that's a bit different in it but other than that it's pretty much the same I mean logically yeah I'd more have space the, in the, Cayenne. the normal one I just have the Cayenne. Um, right now if it was my money I'd probably go get the coupe just because it's new yeah yeah and be cool. a bit rarer and yeah, all that sort exactly. of stuff uh, okay going back to Aston Martin, they released not that long ago. <laughs> the Vantage AMR edition with a manual manual gearbox. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. That is very. It's very cool, expensive. Actually. Oh, I'm not surprised. How much is that? I think it's two something. Two, and it's a Vantage. They haven't added any. Power. It's at least it's like one eight five plus. Wow. Okay. But it's it's one of fifty or a hundred or. Oh, it's super limited. Yeah, and it's their yeah, AMR. But- they're going to make the manual of the, it anyway. Yes. So I just wait for that. Yeah. AMR is cool. I drove the AM, the last AMR, the one TG has. Yeah. I drove that. Um, and that was, it was great. It was really cool. But I mean, you could very easily just buy a V8 Vantage S, kind of modify it a bit. Yeah. Um, wrap it and there you go. Um, as long as you just, it's mostly spec. It's like, it's like a Turbo S exclusive series, right? It's just spec. Yeah. 
uh, that they don't offer you on other ones. So I, I think very, very cool. And it shows that they will be doing cool things with this manual Vantage now for the future yeah, of the yeah, Vantage definitely. series. That got like the Vantage I sort of forgot about for about a year. And then when I was talking to James recently, he was like, oh, why don't you get a Vantage? And I was like, in my head, they were really expensive. And then I've started looking and they're not. They're well, like, like Vantage they're like double clutches. Or yeah. I, I mean, thought there's they were a lot like of cars around that money. There's a lot. There's Hurricanes. Meh. There's Vantage. There's, what else is there? There's, I mean, there's R8s. All the Porsches or whatever. All the Porsches, uh, 570Ss now. Yeah. Are around that money. There's a lot of options around there. There are. I mean, to be honest, if you're going to do long distance, they're just coming back to this yeah. quickly. We'll take a quick little, if you're going to do long distance and you're going to drive this car kind of daily-ish, like a 720S is a brilliant car for that. Yeah. And then if you're taking it around the track, it will annihilate pretty yeah, much Yeah, it would. Else. It would do the flappy paddle sports car, but it's not, like quite often, let's say I'm going to go and do a podcast or I'm going to the racetrack and stuff, of stuff, I actually need quite a lot of space. Yeah. Um, which is a bit more than you'd have in the 720. Yeah. But something like a 720 Spider. Or a 600 LT Spider. 720 Spiders, though, like seven, 720 has just come down so much in price that you can't. You, get, they're so expensive. In like six months' time, you're like, oh, that would be, you know, you'll be able to get one for 160 or something. You can already get. You can get a 720, 720, but what's the how much spider, the Spider? Mate, I drove uh, the Spider that I drove list price, like out of the factory, was £335,000. And how much um, is the cheapest Spider now? I think they're still because they're pretty they're, new. They're over two, yeah. Uh, but still forty, yeah. But so that's there's lost like a hundred grand. I know. I just if, like if that's the fastest way to lose money is to buy that that car new or yeah that car new or like a bent a con, the new Continental or the DBS yeah. Molzan like Speed. A, buy one of those. New, yeah, drive it out. <laughs> two hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, or like the Mercedes S sixty five. Or SL65 or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's like, sometimes I see people, I'm like, are you actually trying to lose money? Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, so I've just put a Molzan Continental S65 Phantom. and a Phantom extended wheelbase. I'm like, what, do you have like, too much? You're trying a, to get rid a, of year, it? A year on, that car is exactly the same yeah. and so much cheaper. Yeah, exactly. So literally just, and they're like, yes, but I wanted blue pinstriping. But we need people to buy these cars. New. So that we can, so we can yeah. buy them secondhand. So, uh, yeah. So, brilliant. Keep going. Um, yeah, so what else has been going on? There's been a couple of stuff going around the ring. That VW IDR, the, the Pipes Peaks car. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to go for a record. I'm sure it'll be fast. Whether it'll oh, be that Porsche. Be I don't know. That Porsche is unlikely. impressive. Um, there's, they've seen the, the new AMG GT Black Series. Yeah. That's coming. That will be cool. That will be cool. I like the AMG Because the GT. AMG GTR Pro was just body kit. They didn't really do no. any engine mods to it. Whereas this will be, I think Black Series as like a branch is so cool. Yeah. Like when, it's always the mad. It's just mad. I haven't not liked Black Series. CLK Black Series, sick. Yeah. C63 Black Series, awesome. Yeah. And so SLS much- Black Series. It's just so now that they're doing one on an AMG yeah. GT, I'm, re- I'm really excited for that. I hope it's as nuts as the, all the other ones. I hope so. I hope so. I, yeah, I think it, it could very well be. And I mean, they look cool already. 
AMG GTR Pros, right? So they're just cool. So if they go full Black Series yeah. and do like the wheel arches and all that stuff, yeah, that could be sick. I hope they make it nuts. I hope it's like 750 horsepower. 750 horsepower, massive wheel arches, stupid bucket seats, yeah. carbon everywhere. And I want them to make like six of them. Yeah. So they're super limited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then exactly. That would be brilliant. Yeah, that would be cool. Right. I normally finish up the podcast with five-ish questions. You've actually yeah. answered one of them almost uh-huh. to the word. You're, you're, earlier. Something's gone. Um, okay. So first one, do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey that you've done? A journey? Um, I mean, Gumball. Gumball. First one? Um, no, the one in my car. Uh, ah, yeah, Because I did yeah, yeah. one with Tim and I did one in my, that would probably be it. Because yeah. I think I'm the youngest person ever to have taken their own car on Gumball. Um, How old were you at the time? 18. Oh. I think 18. I mean, you 19, can't get no, much 19, younger than that. 19. Someone must have done it younger. Yeah, no, because I did it with Tim when I was 18 yeah. and 19. Yeah, but people have done it younger, but in their own car. Okay, know. yeah. Um, but you're definitely probably one of the only people to have done it in a Lotus. Yeah, that would probably be it, just because that was insane. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say that. That was a good trip. I was dead Yeah, after that trip. Yeah, James was... I mean, James really was dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we nearly did kill James. I'd say that, or I took the Batmobile across Europe once, solo. Yeah. Which was interesting. That's um that's that was pretty jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was insane. Like I remember doing payage and yeah. every time having to open that door, yeah, climb yeah. out, do it, and then have to climb back in to get through the payage quickly. But every payage was like so close with both tires. And that was nuts. Actually, we're gonna be doing something soon with that again. So anyone that doesn't know what this car is, it's if you search Team Galag yeah. and Batmobile, yeah. um, is there any way of distinguishing this new one versus the old one in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. I mean, what you search for? It's what comes up. The old one doesn't really come up when you search for, for okay. it anymore. So if there's a, a video in the last three years, it'll be this It will be this, yeah. It it's a V10 a Gallardo base, full carbon fiber, massive lump of excess, and it's epic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's really, really, really cool. But I've never witnessed anything get more attention than that car. Like, okay, we all know the driving on a long trip. You need to pee halfway through the trip, right? So I was with Paul. He was driving his AMG GTS at the time. I was in the Batmobile. We're driving through the Alps, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I need to pull over at this. There's no one. We haven't crossed the car for like ten minutes. Mm. So I kind of go off the road down like a little hill, go pee, come back up. There's like 15 cars stopped looking at them. I'm like, where have you all come? I haven't seen anyone yeah, for yeah. the last hour and you've all just popped out of nowhere. So that's the kind of thing that that car will, will get. Um, it yeah, is nuts. Unreal amounts of attention. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool thing. And I've, the thing that shocked me with that one, not the first one, was it just worked? It works perfectly. Like it just works. Like this this thing, you look at it and it, it's straight out of a movie and then it, it just starts up. Just drive 3,000 miles, done. No problem. Till you fill it with diesel. Till you fill it with diesel. I've had it where the speakers stopped working and the aircon stopped working. Oh, okay. And it was summer, 35 degrees in Monaco. And you know, the whole cockpit's glass. Mm. So it's effectively a massive sauna. Ouch. That was fun. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. First and that problem. was actually, uh, there was like a three or four day, three day period where I didn't drive much, but the Twizy was having a service. 
the my parents Mercedes C class was having a service, and I had the Batmobile at the house. So they both. So the only car I had genuinely at the time yeah. was the Batmobile. Um, and so I'd go, you know, to the to get yeah. milk or whatever in this Batmobile. <laughs> and uh, the police stopped me once. They were like, "Where are you going? Are you filming a movie? Are you?" So I'm just I'm just getting eggs. And they were like, "In a Batmobile." I was like, "Yeah, only car I've got." And they were like. How is that the only <laughs> car you have? Uh, and I was like, well, first of all, it's not mine, but yeah, this is, this is it. So, kind of hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, next, next question. Five car garage. Oh, God. Un- unlimited value. Hard. And the only caveat is it has to fit into your current life as in like where you live and use, usage sort of thing. Can I do it where I'm moving? Yeah. Okay. Because where I live now, it'd be, well, I guess same thing. I mean, obviously you've got parking spaces for this imaginary five cars. Okay, okay. Uh, Zonda, Lewis's Zonda. Yeah. Boom, done. Tick. Um, Phantom long wheelbase with a driver. Nice. Yeah, I'd do that as nice. like, that would be my daily. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be hilarious. Uh, Speciali Aperta, Novitech. Yeah. Um, 300 SL Gullwing. Oof. Probably or That's your cool old car, yeah, or DB5, okay, um, or Singer, Ooh. one of those. Oh god, so I have to pick now, don't I? Yeah, um, Singer maybe okay. actually. Yeah, and then you've got one cool. more. Then I got one more because I would still have the Twizy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Zonda, Zonda would be like very special occasions. EWB would be just for driving around, yeah. basically, because you've got a driver at that point. So yeah. you don't need to park it. Especially Aliperta would be like my almost daily supercar. Yeah. Um, I don't have kids, so I don't need... Yeah, four seats, so, whatever. you still got the Phantom. Yeah. Uh, then maybe either 599 GTO Ooh. or... Well, how how unlimited is it? Because if it's unlimited, I'll just get Laferperta. You can have a Laferperta if you want. Okay, yeah, laugh better. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, if it's strictly so, at that point in time, you have no fly under the radar. Yeah, like your fly under the radar. Yeah, is being driven by someone in, in a, a phantom. massive phantom. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like honestly, fair enough. At that point, I'd just be like, whatever. Because imagine, like, I would leave, like, I'd probably have the Laferperta here and the Zondo in Monaco. Yeah, you'd be having a great time. Use the phantom to go between the two. Uh, then what else was there? The, the singer. I just use that once in a while, and then fair enough. Yeah, no race car, no nothing like that. No. Or track uh, car oh or anything. Oh god, yeah, actually that. Yeah, I. You know, actually, I really, really, really want to get into racing. Hmm. It's like my biggest. What I want to do, um, it's just super expensive, and I, you know, I don't know how. So I really want to set up something with sponsors, or yeah. I don't know how, um. Try and work it out yeah. somehow. Because I think, I don't think I'd be amazing, but I think I could get around and yeah. do all right. I've got the right physique. So like when I go karting, um, you know, usually do okay on a go-kart track. Yeah. And um, and so I think, you know, it's, it's more than just wanting to get the experience. I want to develop that further. Yeah. So I spoke to Nico, Nico mm-hmm. Rosberg about he it. He does a bit of racing or did? Yeah, he did a bit of racing. So we went karting with him and um, Massa, et cetera. And um, anyway, so I was one tenth behind Massa, one tenth in front of Nico. 
And then he was like, what, what racing have you done? I was like, man, I haven't done any racing. He was like, you should get mm. into racing. So since then I'd never knew that that was even an option. Yeah. I've looked into it and I was like, okay, oh, that means nothing. Right. We were in go-karts rentals. Yeah, yeah. Maybe his tires were screwed. Like it means nothing. But you've but, got a vague idea, you know, like. I know that I wouldn't be yeah, all the way at the back if I just went in the standard karting yeah. thing. So, so that's something I really want to do. So whether it's just get a go-kart or I don't know. What you should do is yeah. you should enter one of the 24-hour C1 Citroen races. Yeah? I did the 24-hour race at Silverstone two weeks ago. Yeah? With a couple of mates. How much is that? Um, it's about, it, it depends how you do it, but we rented a car and it was about 1,800 pounds each. Okay. And that's four or five hours of driving each. Wow. Uh, and, and that's everything. Got, and is there qualifying practice? There's everything. That's for uh, a whole weekend? Yeah. So that's, well, it's 24 hours of racing. Yeah. And uh, that's, there's no practice, but we, you know, we did Friday. Some of the guys drove on Friday. Uh, we also took the car to a track day a week before. So some of us drove then, some drove on the Friday. Yeah. And, I think it was 300 pounds each when there was yeah. three of us for the day. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, for that 1800 pounds, that was, we had a car, we had a team looking after it. That was all fuel, all tires, the tires like everything. Uh, we had to pay for, our, you know, own accommodation and food or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. that was like most stuff. And we had qualifying and then a lot of night wet, wet racing. Um, that it was, was sick. really cool. It was sick. I mean, like just on a one-on-one to you, if ever there's anything that pops up like that, let me know. Cause I'd be interested in, in doing something yeah. like that. You have to get your race license. I've got my race license. Have you done any racing? No. You gotta do some racing. Yes. I gotta do some racing. Like, but I got no the offense. race license. Yeah. But you can't just hop into it. You're car. not, you're yeah, not yeah, coming yeah. in with a five month team yet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, because not, that's not because you wouldn't be quick. No, but there's you a don't have the experience. Between, yeah. And that I think makes the biggest difference. Like you can, you can be like, have the physique, have the mentality. You can be good on like a, a fucking race sim or whatever it may be. Yeah. But then actually having the experience on having the like spatial awareness at a start, um, knowing like, okay, when is it good to box? When is it good to put the wet tie? Like all that stuff. I think you, you all you There's need is so to get much, so much you learn and, and you learn it. You do learn a lot like having a karting race and about being quick and all that sort of stuff. But for example, in like an endurance race, you've got even I, I'm like, I'm learning loads. I haven't mm. done very much of it, but I've done a reasonable amount of racing now. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like 15, 20 races in total or something. Yeah. Um, just being aware of other cars, like doing what the hell they want to do, not, yeah. not what you want to do. And yeah. people don't just let you pass all that sort of stuff, which you sort of learn casting. But when you're in a car, it's different. You don't give a shit. Like no one gives a shit in a car because yeah. you just don't. Whereas if you're in a car where you, ideally you want to be in a car that you don't care about too much. Obviously you never want to hit anyone. But you still care about But you it don't want to go things. like, like if I crash my radical, that's a really, really, really bad day. Yeah. Like that is expensive. If you touch, like if you touch another car, that's very expensive. Yeah. So depending on what you're racing, that whether that's the case or not, if someone else is paying for it, then fine. But you notice people that are not paying for it because they drive very differently to people that are paying for it. Yeah. But all of that sort of stuff is in the back of your mind whilst you're racing and you don't really want. What is the that? rule? Like, how does it work if you crash into someone or someone crashes into you um, on the track? It, it depends. Is it like an unwritten rule where they pay for your car? No. You pay for it. 
You pay for your own stuff. Right. You so are 100% say, liable for your car when you're racing. So you can just have bad luck. So you're you driving, bad luck. some guy has a brake failure behind you, smacks into you. Yeah, punts you into a wall. Yeah. Costs you whatever it costs you. A lot of money. Uh, you have insurance or you don't have insurance. You know, some people have insurance, some people don't have insurance. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation. And I think if, and some people do offer to pay for bits for other cars and stuff like that. But the general rule is you're responsible and for you can car. generally drive accordingly. Yeah. And then if you, and you can, I'm sure you can tell the people who are doing really punchy overtakes. Yeah. Just let them go past. No. If, yeah. you know, if people are really crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, but in an endurance race, so I used to do, only do sprint races, which were 20, between 20 and 45 minutes long ish, generally 25 minutes. It's basically flat out. And that's just flat out. Like you've got to get in front of everyone. You don't want to let anyone pass. Whereas an endurance race, I'm slowly learning over time that it's the way to win an endurance race is, is be moderately fast, but not have an incident. Not have an incident and have a good strategy as well. And like the strategy not to suck. Yeah. But not have an incident. Like we had someone, um, a car span in front of him. He tried to go around, ended up sliding sideways into the gravel. Car rolled like just onto its side and that we lost half an hour, which was 10 laps and like, yeah, done. Yeah, that was it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard, isn't it? And were you running towards the top? We, we had the pace to be top 10. Yeah. Out of 99. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, it is tricky because karting is a different thing. Hmm. A whole different beast because you but, don't care. But if you're fast in a car and you apply the same logic to driving a car, the balance is very, like balance of cars is different and dealing yeah. with like lock and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but using a track to its max is, yeah. it, and the car to being on the limit yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. People who are very good in carts get in cars and are very quick in cars straight yeah. away. Yeah, well, because car, carts uh, are brutal, aren't they? They're violent. Yeah. Um, because I spent a lot of time in carts and I remember when I was younger, I had a helmet that was too big for me mm. and I was driving this race cart and I had to drive with one hand because I had to hold the helmet <laughs> down. Um, and then when I'd brake, I would need to push the helmet back up. Right? Sounds safe. Um, yeah, really safe. And, uh, and that was really fun because then I literally learned how to now I've kept that. It was just scary. I've almost kept that where yeah. I almost just drive with one hand now when I'm <laughs> karting. Because I've just got all the, it's yeah. a weird thing. But anywho, but karting, yeah, you do learn a lot for sure. So yeah, yeah I'd maybe have a race car in my, in my uh, roster of five cars. Or a track car or I'd something. Maybe, I'd maybe sack off the GTO or TDF mm. that I'd put as my fifth car and have. <sighs> I think one of the best things about racing actually, and it's quite a lot of people buy a race car and then only race that car. And as time goes on, I'm actually realizing that, say, with endurance racing or whatever, it's, it actually makes a bit more sense if you don't know exactly what series you want to do or whatever. It's just hiring the car for the weekend. It doesn't cost a ton extra to not own the car. Yeah. And then you can just pick and choose. Like, we, we want to do a C1 race, we borrow a C1 for the weekend. You get to also build your experience in terms of uh, different cars different cars a driver which is huge and then developing cars is a massive part of it so like getting the car knowing how to set up a car yeah. 
not just a specific car, but all different types of cars. Yeah, I've found my driving has improved significantly since I've driven a lot of different cars and then also driven, like raced and driven a lot of different cars on track. Like a front-wheel drive car, rear-wheel drive car, high downforce, no downforce. All those things are all different. And you get people that have driven one car and they are insanely fast in that car and chances are they'll probably be pretty quick in other stuff. But But, if you've never driven something with a completely different weight balance, for example. Yeah. Like I, we were doing, um, my girlfriend's turning 30 next year and she has a list of 30 things before she's 30. And I'm already 30. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll think of a bunch of things I'll do before I'm 40. And, yeah. and, what, and there's a couple of like tick box things that I want to do um, in terms of racing. Uh, one is I want to race a Porsche. Like I want a Porsche cup kind of thing. I don't know what. I don't know what, but like, I love Porsches. So at some point in time, I've got to race a Porsche. Now, whether it's a classic one or a GT3 car, whatever, probably not going to be a GT3 car because it's just damn expensive. So expensive. Um, But if Porsche wants to let me drive one, that would be great. If you're watching. (laughs) If you're watching (laughs) two two hours hours and 10 minutes in. in. Um, And then one of them was to compete in a drift competition. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Because that that looks like fun. Um, Yeah, that would be sick. Drifting is a whole different... It's very different. A whole different thing. But it's all car control. Mm, I enjoy it very much. So when I used to go-kart, mm. I used to always ask to have the car when the tires were done. Okay, yeah. And be like, just let me go out. And I would always try and do a whole lap. It was this little go-kart track close to, close to us. And do the whole lap where not at, at a single point I was not <laughs> drifting. So every corner and link them up and stuff yeah. like that. Um but yeah. And it translates, like, when we were in, the most fun I've had in cars has been when we've been in, like, Sweden or Norway or whatever. Yeah. Just sliding around in the snow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, when I had my old 911 out there and driving down backcountry roads where there's, like, slight, there's a bit of consequence because you've got trees either side rather than just open space. Car. And you're in your own car and, like, all that stuff. That's the most fun I've had on four wheels. So much fun. Yeah, those track days for... Sorry, that's me. Have you heard that my, my um, what's it called? Ringtone starts off as the normal iPhone tone and then goes into Narcos. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't mess about. Um, but yeah, no, drifting, definitely. Do you have any other car-related ones in your 30? Uh, those are the two that went in straight away. One was like race a Porsche. Um, I've, I've ticked off. I wanted to do a 24-hour race. I've done 24. Yeah. I've now done two. Um, yeah, I just want to keep having fun. Keep doing stuff here. I like, I really actually like that idea of 30 things before you're 30. I think that's cool. And I like, with cars, I like doing different disciplines. Yeah. Like building that ability to do different stuff. Like some people, you know, they've got one trick. They're like, I can go really fast, but they can't slide a car at all. Like, yeah. obviously I want to be able to do all the things because it's fun. All the things. I've got one friend um, who's a very successful racing driver, Formula One. And we were, anyways, his ability to drift as well is just absurd. And I was like, like, you can't, you're not only good at going around a track really quickly, but you know, like you'll be driving, be on his phone, going around a roundabout. And then he's like, oh, we got to go that way. And then just literally one hand <laughs> drift of like whatever Ferrari. I would hope if I had got to the point where I was an F1 driver, yeah, yeah, yeah. where I would also be yeah. that good at that other good. stuff. But it's cool. But it is absurd. Like it is, it is. And it's a, but it's a hundred, and it's hundred percent a practice thing. Like if you just go and do the practice, you get better. Yeah. 
And the people the, that are the really thing good is about practicing <laughs> is that practicing you need to find a time and a place. And for, for cars, it's normally expensive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. So that was five car garage that turned into like a thirty that minute was the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about the question. Okay, so if you could no, next one, there's only like two more. If you could drive one car for the rest of your life, and it has to the be. caveat. On this one, there's always these little caveats. Why do I have to put them in? Um, is you can have like a hundred pound beater that's your for putting kids in or whatever, but then you've got one car. What's the oh, one I car? see. I can also have the beater, um, but it's like properly like a proper rotter. Yeah, I would still go with the Zonda. Sick. <laughs> I just think like whatever, like if yeah, it's a proper not? rotter, like just how sick would it be to be like, yeah, no, I've got a 19 year old. Um, a Citroen C1 yeah. or whatever um, for the kids and then uh, my, myself yeah I've got a Zonda 760 <laughs> it's like yes lad you've understood yeah, life worth yeah. more than my house but cool whatever. yeah exactly um, yeah I would do that okay next question most undervalued car but you said you said your most undervalued F40, car you earlier. F40 and CGT and final one is there a what's the most interesting car to you at the moment as in like maybe in like intrigues me yeah like it's been in the news or this year you know the sort of car you find yourself googling or right now um, and it, it could be honestly anything. after this probably that ferrari mid-engine mm. i think that's an interesting step because ferrari have always had mid-engine v8 the big v12 and their halo car yeah and then they brought you know with the scaglietti or whatever they've had the family one so ferrari coming out with a new model yeah v8 v12 v8 v12 yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so but i mean it hasn't happened in so long right so i'd say that i think the urus was interesting when that came yeah. out because it was would you have an urus um i think it's a uh, no i think it's a good car i don't think i'd have one yeah i'd rather have an Same. r6 yeah for less ditto money. New um, one of them's not that far away. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. I find myself googling that. Um, I'm intrigued in this new Lotus hypercar. Mm. I I just want to see the next normal car. Yeah, yeah. The next the hypercar Lotus. like every, there seem to be a dime a dozen yeah. these days. Oh, you know one that I find myself googling and wanting to hear when it's going to come out is Cayman GT4 RS Ooh. is apparently coming Ooh. with a manual. Uh, mainly just because yeah. someone that I know has got their name down for that and doesn't want it and said they could give me their slot. So that's why I find myself Googling that. That would Interesting. be a dream. Well, I can't imagine there's many people that know they've got one coming yet. You, well, yeah. Well, this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This person. So I feel yeah. like I know who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know. Yeah. Um, does, so do we think it's going to have. A six-cylinder or a four-cylinder? Don't know. I don't know. Mm. Don't know. See, for me, that's a complete game, game changer. changer. Yeah, I agree with you. Or like, not necessarily game changer, but like, I don't want it if it's got a four-cylinder. Yeah, so game changer, effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I would think twice about it if it was four-cylinder. Um, but I think it would look good. And if I think it was, it's a good way to manual get in Porsche's good books. As it's well. badass. How manual. is that a good way to get in their good books? Get one. No, it's for ages. Yeah, but they don't care about that. Yeah, they want well, you to buy you Cayennes and Panameras and and all the normal nine nine one C two S's. Yeah, yeah, like not yeah, shitty, but gonna, just like well, no, shitty not special. Yeah, you know I mean shitty investment. Uh, yeah, but they're less Ferrari than that, so they've got their VIP program, 
And if you get into their VIP pro- program... That's not in the UK, though. No, apparently it spreads out to Europe as well. Huh. I don't know. This is what yeah. said person... This is what you're hearing. Who, ...who seems to know a lot about yeah. Porsche. It makes sense that they know a lot about Porsche. Said, if you're in the VIP program, you can get slots in different countries, effectively. Huh. Um, and the way this deal was presented to me was, I don't want this GT4 RS. You can have it, but as a counterpart of that, you're also going to get my VIP program. UK slot, which I don't care about because I'm in the US. Um, so then you've got a VIP thing to be able to get Porsches. So I was like, if that all comes together, which sounds like a dream. Sounds like a no brainer. Then of course. Like, oh, do you want to be straight in at the top, buy whatever you like list yeah. and also get a car that it's going to be hard to get. So I was like, yes. <laughs> yes so I was like, I don't, he said, look, I don't know when this is all going to come together, but be ready to pounce whenever it is. And I was like, yeah, like, I will yeah. sell whatever I need to sell at that point to do it. Sell my kidneys. Get rid of those too. I wonder though, if all of these, with all the new regulations and blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff, like, are we going to keep seeing mega, we're gonna, still going to see great cars, but they won't necessarily sound as good yeah. as the old cars. It is worrying. Um, like maybe they'll just, Porsche will just start pricing cars like they've just priced the Speedster and just go, boom. The GT4 RS is 120,000 miles. Yeah, and there's 9 million of them being made. Yeah. yeah. Because um, GT4, they've actually made a lot, which yeah, I thought was quite sick, cool. Though. You know what I love they is the really Spider. Box the Spider. That's a cool car. That's a cool car. That, I think, is somewhat undervalued as well because they're the, cheaper. They didn't make that many they're because people didn't order them. Yeah. Uh, that There's another undervalued car right there. I drove one in LA and I loved it. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to see. I think we're living in like a massive time of change in the way you can buy cars with finance yeah. and everything. It's so, lots of cars are so much more obtainable. But I think that's going to end up resulting in there's going to be different ways that people are going to sell cars as yeah. well. Because too many people can buy these cars now, which is nuts because they're so expensive. Yeah. And people are buying them based on the fact that they're assuming they're either going to be worth more or exactly the same. Well, because everything's become more public, right? So before, no one really knew yeah. what was special about a Speciali or whatever. I mean, they used to struggle to sell Challenge to Dali's uh, GTTR. But they struggled to sell, like, original Veyrons. Yeah. Whereas now, although I think they're struggling with Chirons. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because 500 at 3 That's million a lot. quid. 500 is a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of money. And there's all this competition as well well now there's more yeah there's more competition yeah yeah yeah. but also you know it's something i saw some crazy stat somewhere where um oh of course are we down to one camera most people don't buy one chiron and that's a yeah, genuine genuine fact isn't fact it? is that most people will buy two i was with a guy once who again you'll probably know who i'm talking about um who has a Koenigsegg, saw a Koenigsegg in his, saw his Koenigsegg in a certain spec. So then decided to order another Chiron because he already had one on order in the same spec. Um, just because, you know, like the spec of his, <gasps> bless you. Bless you. Yeah. Why not? Full microphone sneeze there. Yeah. Kapow. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that all the questions? Well, that's all the questions. Let me think if I've got one for you quickly. You got one for me. Um, Oh, God, I could ask you a very political question right now within the... Who do you think is currently making the 
best content online in terms of what do you enjoy watching? At the moment, I, I watch a lot of photography stuff. Okay. There's a guy called Peter McKinnon. Yeah. Um, he does, I've, I've heard of him. He does like video and photography related content. Yeah. And it's actually just, it's, it's I just find it really good. He's, it's, it's really well made. Yeah. And he's kind of funny and I enjoy watching his it. videos. Yeah. Um, if it had to be car related, I still, I still am enjoying the uh, Chris Harris's Top Gear, like yeah, the, the online fantastic. videos. Car Fiction. Car are making very good. They're making beautiful videos. Yeah. Um, car Fiction are incredible. Yeah, and Henry's doing a really good job. They they've like put themselves above everyone else. I think at the moment I in think, terms I of think, what they're making. Yeah, I and and it's nuts because you know they've got a lot of budget, obviously, but not anywhere near what some of the other people have. Yeah. Um, they've just and they've gone and made like really good films, interesting films, like interesting films, like not necessarily. They I mean they've been rewarded for it, but yeah. they've you know they've chosen to make. Interesting are they, have they grown stuff. a lot? I haven't followed that. I, they I don't know. I haven't seen. But and I know they, they spent, but I know they spent a lot of money on it, and it's cool that there are still people We're out there funding this sort of content because if you're just a content creator, it doesn't as a solo band, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doesn't no, stack it's up. sick. It's sick. Awesome. Well, that's that. Well, thanks for how, how long was coming on. Check. Where can uh, where can people find you? I mean, if they've got to the end, I'm sure they've got Google. But I just in anyway, YouTube. Seb um, Delaney. Um, Seb Delaney or French is Seb Delaney Fr. Ah, okay. So pretty easy to remember. Yeah, to that is quite. Easy. So if you speak French, come on over. Um, I post a, a daily vlog every day at six o'clock. At the moment. Have you filmed anything today yet? No. I'm hoping we're going to film something after. Shit, we need, we need to hurry up actually. Yeah. Because I've got to go. Yeah. Cool. So we've got to hurry so up. So this yeah. is two two hours, 40 minutes. Two hours, 40 minutes. Done. Well, is that is this your longest one? I think it's it's close. Okay. It's it's probably up there. Yeah. It depends how much I remove. Yeah. True, <laughs> true. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.